Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels Podcast After Dark. This is episode 69. Nice. And today, we're joined by one... Oh, I don't have any nicknames. Out ah, of all you episodes, fucked up. You fucked up. I totally fucked up. Okay, well, hold on. We're, we're joined by Ron... Nipple liquor, Kluinski. You couldn't. You couldn't bring <laughs> out the peanuts and Gatorade. You like the thing we just discussed. Like the listeners two minutes ago, the... you could have. Most of them don't know about any of the in jokes we say anyway. So okay, all right, listeners. We were just talking about how peanuts and Gatorade is the the perfect snack for when you're taking a break at the orgy. You get some protein. You get some electrolytes. So what flavor Gatorade and what kind of peanuts? Ooh. Um, Salted and blue for me. Salted. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I didn't even. Thank you for listening to the Pretty Pixels podcast. <laughs> you can reach Joey at Lost Man. <laughs> My brain, that's to be salted and blue. <laughs> hey, if there's an episode where that's appropriate. <laughs> and Paul, pineapple eater, <laughs> gross cop. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty. Uh... <laughs> so the reason <laughs> this episode is called Pretty Pixels After Dark is because we couldn't we just couldn't we're not help mature ourselves. enough to episode 69 <laughs> episode i've never 69 heard another slip by. yeah slip by i like it let's just keep going with that <laughs> that that kind of language um Salted and tab <laughs> believe it or not believe it or not Shockingly. tab <laughs> tab really wanted to be here uh they passed on some notes for a couple of games they wanted to talk about but they couldn't be here they have a friend coming in from out of town so We'll just have to imagine that Tab is at this orgy with Gatorade and and uh, salty and blue peanuts. nuts, salted salted blue nuts. Tab's putting um, ice in the big cooler, um, the big orange cooler in the kitchen. <laughs> Do you think if your parents knew about this podcast, they would listen to it? Mine? Yeah, either one. Oh, um, probably not, just because maybe my dad, but like certainly video games are not. Uh, nearly as big of a part of their life as they are for me, but they might just because I'm on it. But yeah, hopefully not that's what this I was episode. thinking. If they were like, "Oh, you're you're on a pot," like that's so exciting, and like they just they're just going to listen to one. This, this, is, this, the one. Yeah, this <laughs> is the one. This is the one. Hi, so, mom. Hi, dad. <laughs> uh, tune out now. That's enough. We're good. Thanks. My, my parents know better. i still feel so bad i so ron's mom doesn't like swearing she doesn't like cursing and so we would always try to be really careful not to curse around her and we were really good about it for a long time and then gary was the first one among our friend group to to slip and swear in front of roxy and then I think Andrea did it, right? Yep. And then I think you did it. And I yep. was so proud of myself. I was the last one. I was the only one to never have sworn in front of them. Sworn? Swore? And then Ron's wedding comes along. And I got pretty drunk. Uh, it was an open bar, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, open bar. Got got pretty drunk. And on the way home, Ron's dad's driving us. And I'm like, you know what sounds so good? McDonald's. 
And I don't remember what, but at some, I said something like, oh, I could go for a fucking Big Mac or something. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then the next day, Ron's dad had a heart attack. And I'm not saying it was my no. fault. I'm just. <laughs> See what you did, Joey? Just what a coincidence. That, <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, Dave. <laughs> he went to bed that night. He's like, I can't believe it. The last, the last good friend. <laughs> not Joey. <laughs> but yeah so i have some stuff from tab that we'll talk about later our main course is of course sex in video games very broad we might end up having more episodes about it because we probably have a lot to say but we're gonna try to keep it short casual ron has a heart out and about <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> a heart out and a hard on um in about at, an hour and a half that so. shirt <laughs> yeah that's right See, let's not, not not key them in on whose shirt that we're talking about. <laughs> no, no idea. Yeah, no idea. Could be. <laughs> it's, it's Paul's, by the way, since it's yeah. made entirely of semen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made it this morning. Um, yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> anyway. What? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> This is going way off the rails. I love it. I love it. We knew it would. We knew it would. (laughs) But um, but before we get there, we have a lot of news to talk about, actually, because between last episode and this, the Xbox Bethesda showcase happened, and it was massive. It was much bigger than... I don't think it was as long as the... um, summer game fest it just had a lot of girth to it right <laughs> it, was, it was girthy yeah. it's like you know it's not the length that matters all the time sometimes it's how much is in i don't know i, I say, didn't mean <laughs> this game, as in life when it comes to game shows it's about the the quality the girth if you will not the length <laughs> <laughs> it's about how you use it and microsoft used it so really well, well yeah. um they sh- they did show a lot of games i have the list in our our document but we won't go through nearly all of them because there were just a ton um but is there anything that we're looking at this list that stands out to you that looks a little it just kind of pops off this list for any reason. More Hollow Knight. Highlighted in some kind of way. Oh, shit. Okay, sorry. No, <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> Starfield. I'm, 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 actually Starfield. Su- I'm actually surprised that I'm interested in Starfield. I... So tell me about that. Why, why, why are you surprised? Because I figured it would be more spacey. Sort okay. of like, you know, like a Mass Effect or something along those lines or like, you know, boring Star Trek type space stuff. <laughs> no, I like Star Trek. Um, the good Star Trek, though, Next Generation. Um, <laughs> but no, it like it, 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 it's a little more diverse than that. Like it has like, you know, kind of like the future, you know, like cyberpunk ethics or eth- uh, eth- ethics. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Aesthetic. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it, you know, it, it seems more like less just space stuff, I guess. And like, you know, dull, like, or, you know, boring planets and, you know, stuff like that. It seems like stuff's like kind of fully fleshed out a little bit more. So that I'm, I'm somewhat more interested in now. Not going to get an Xbox for it. I'll get a PC, but get it. No, get just get it. a PC. Why do we get it? Why would I get an Xbox? Because. Then you would have one. And? You could play it. And? It's backwards compatible. So is a Game Pass. And? 
<laughs> How do you like it? <laughs> well, I will um, say, um, I, I shared this on our, our group chat, but um, Joey, to your heartache, there will not be a seamless transition between space and planet, which I know, talking about Mass Effect, talking about space games generally, I know that's something you really like, so I was saddened to hear the news. I, yeah, it's one of my favorite things about No Man's Sky, just the ability to land on a planet and then leave, just fly through the atmosphere. That at- atmosphere and just split those, split those clouds and just that's go right, right. in. Yeah. Those trails. Yes, um, there's just a lot of whiteness and penetration <laughs> <laughs> involved. You guys are disgusting. I don't know what. Who, who are you? People? <laughs> uh, and so I, I, it's not surprising, um, but I, I didn't like Todd Howard's response, which what did he say? He said something like, it's just not important. Like players don't find it like important or something like that. And I'm like, what it probably is is that your tech won't handle it. Like your engine is not built for that. Yeah. Whereas like No Man's Sky, that was a priority for them. Just say that. You know what I mean? Don't be like, nah, no one cares about that. Yeah. Like, a lot of people care about that. People a lot of people care about it, but like how many people, especially considering how many planets they're supposedly supposed to have, having to break through every single time to do that. Like yeah. it can yeah. get tedious. I could see it like being like you know, it's like the animal skinning in like Red Dead. Like, oh, cool. It's like all this attention to detail. And then by the time you like skinned your like 50th coyote, it's like, just fucking finish the animation already and give me the goddamn help. You know what I mean? I could see it like just kind of wearing on you over time sort of thing. Well, and that'd be my thing. At the end of the day, too, like I feel they they have different goals and they're certainly working under different limitations than No Man's Sky is in terms of like some of the planets, especially the ones that they're like really building a lot of specific content for like no man's sky isn't playing that game, you know? Right. So it might be hard to do. Okay. You know, but I was sad. I was sad because I know yeah, you like it, but shit. Yeah. It's, it is hard. Like tab and I were talking about it after we, I don't, I don't think tabs watched the videos yet, but we were talking about some of the reveals and there's been a lot of comparisons to No Man's Sky. It's a little unfair because, of course, they're very different games. They look similar. And in that trailer, I saw several things where I'm like, that looks like it's kind of ripped right from No Man's Sky. But it's, you know, the procedural generation of No Man's Sky actually places a lot of limits on it. And so that's one of the what is one of the early complaints is like there's these billions of of planets that you can go to and land billions on billions and billions of stars billions and billions um but, but how fulfilling are each of those worlds ultimately going to be you know right like a billion they end up looking yeah. and they end up looking so similar because they're not handcrafted they're not there's not a lot of thought that went into like one of the so i love topography and geology and stuff like that in games and i love when developers get it right and they're looking at a map and saying okay well if there's a mountain here and there are gla- glaciers up there then glacial melt will do this to the to, to the land and it will create a valley and and like i love when a lot of thought is placed into that stuff and i feel like we're probably going to get that in starfield because these worlds at least the ones like you said that are that have important things going on on them are going to have scenery and environments that look a lot more realistic Whereas No Man's Sky, you get a lot of like really weird shapes and stuff like that. And they've come a long way. And I'm not dissing No Man's Sky. I love that game. I've been playing a lot of it still. But they they do end up, a lot of the planets do end up looking 
not realistic. You can tell the, that the world has been shaped by procedural generation and not natural geologic forces. And I'm hoping that the less pres- they are, I know they are using some procedural generation in No Man's Sky, um, but I'm hoping that there are going to be that it's going to be augmented by like handcrafted stuff. Yeah. Uh, it sounds yeah. like that's the case based on what they're saying about it. Cool. Yeah. Cause like that yeah. capital planet, right? Like that's not, none of that's procedurally generated. Like for sure. What were your thoughts, Paul? You were interested in it before I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So did it change it? Did it amplify? Yeah. It? I'm excited. I'm excited. The ship, the ship flying around looks cool. The, the customization stuff looks cool. The um, character customization stuff looks really great. I love that. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled that even though it's like a big world with a lot of things to explore, it's like the Bethesda that I like, which is like, you know, not to shit on Fallout 76, and Fallout 76 has made a lot of adjustments based on this, but like Bethesda, it isn't just about exploring a wide open landscape. It's about writing characters, meeting all kinds of interesting NPCs, doing quests, enjoying s- mm-hmm. stories, you know, and like it sounds like I'm going to get a lot of that in there, which is good because like that is something that I find more appealing than like, again, like not like current No Man's Sky, because I don't know what that's like, but base No Man's Sky, where it's just like you go to your eighth, you know, planet where no, you know, dialogue or you know interesting characters and you're like it looks pretty and it's cool but like the stories are what ties me to you know the the world so and the characters you know so i like that they're blending those things and this that'll be great and i think that show that this showcase shows like the importance of seeing stuff rather than just hearing it because when todd howard said (laughs) and yes you can customize your sips however you want i was like okay that's cool but then they showed it and they showed like a, a time lapse of them, like pulling apart these different elements of the ship and like popping them on. I'm like, ah, oh, that does look really cool. And like you said, it looked cool when they said that you can fly the ship too. And I think maybe that's where some people were a little confused because they were like, and yes, you can fly the ship and it showed it above a planet. And, but yeah, the cockpit looked beautiful. But I think that's the thing is like, oh, I can fly it and I can see the planet down there. So what if I just flew it toward the planet? Yeah. But yeah, I think it looks great. I do think that it had, it had a little bit of a sobering effect for probably not just me, but like when you hear that Bethesda is making a new IP and it's in space, it's, I think a lot of people were like, Oh, the potential, the potential, like what could they do? But when you see it, you're like, Oh, so it really is like a, a really flashy like fallout in space which yeah. is fine that's good but i think again like <laughs> right exactly yeah because i love those games it's gonna have jank and bugs and all that stuff that's unfortunately what I'm there for. yeah yeah <laughs> lost my save file 20 hours <laughs> <again>. love it <laughs> i've had an arrow stuck in my head for 20 hours <laughs> can't get it out <laughs> kill me <laughs> I used to be a space fair. <laughs> so I took you think that joke's going to be in there? <gasps> Do you think they're going to make reference to it? Because they, they did it in four, didn't they? Didn't they make some sort of dumb reference to it? To, in Fallout 4? I, th- I thought they did. They might have. That, I guess I could see That one surprised yeah. me. Yeah, they're pretty cheeky. So yeah, that, that was the big one. I, what I was hinting at, of course, was Persona, the Persona news, which... I was also happy to see that 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 took like a prominent spot. It was like third from last. It was the last three things were Persona, 
on Xbox, Kojima announcing nothing, and then <laughs> Starfield. <laughs> so they gave a really big, uh, pretty significant spot to Persona. It was an interesting announcement because there was no exclusive terminology but of course, that's what everyone kind of ran with in, in initially because there was no n- announcement. We've already heard from PlayStation and there was no announcement of Persona uh, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden in, in particular coming to pers- uh, PlayStation 5. But since the you – know, oh, I guess I should say what the announcement is, which the announcement is that Persona, the Persona series, uh, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal are all coming to the Xbox platform uh, and Windows finally. They've never been on it before, so it's a, a huge deal. And I th- can see why they put it in the Xbox showcase because Xbox, you know, it's, again, they've never been on that platform. And so that's really exciting. But it's further exciting because Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 are not on modern PlayStation platforms. So you can't play them on PlayStation 4. You can play Persona 4 Golden on PlayStation Vita. And Persona 3 portable on PSP and like the PS3, you know, with the you get the downloadable, go through the PlayStation network like that. But yeah, you can't play them on modern PlayStation consoles. Atlas uh, clarified afterward that they are also coming to PlayStation and Steam, but not Nintendo Switch still, <laughs> which is kind of wild. I I don't understand. Like Persona fans have been crying for that from the beginning and it seemed like an inevitability exactly why they're doing it they did persona 5 strikers for the switch to give them a taste and that's all they need that's it i'm sure it sold a bunch it's like it's 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 a little weird it would it would be really great on the switch i think but but yeah so i'm really excited i i will absolutely replay through persona 3 and 4 I've been wanting to anyway, so to be able to play it on my PlayStation 5 and maybe get new trophies, because I have the Platinum for 4, but if if they give me the opportunity, because it's going to be, supposedly, they said remasters, but I don't know what that means, so if they're considered different games, I can get the trophies for them, and that would be really exciting. But what else? Anything else? Yeah, Hollow Knight Silk Song, I'm very excited for. Hollow Knight rocks super hard. More of that with a new playable character. Oh, amazing. So good. And it looks looks very pretty as well. As the first one did, but <laughs> that looks really good. No release date, though. No release date. But just the, the I saw just the fact that I saw footage was cool. Um, yeah. Kind of like with a Haunted Chocolatier. It's like, I'm just glad I'm looking at it. Would love a release date, but you can't always get what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. I. I try to just forget about those things. Like you just said, Haunted Chocolatier. And like some part of me was like a little sad because I think that's why I try to just push them out of my mind because I'm like probably not coming for a really long time. But I am glad that it's coming. And like when it does come out, I'm going to be super fucking hyped. Yeah. So um, that looks cool. Um, Redfall looks like it might be a a fun game to play with you guys. Um, Like Vampire um, Left 4 Dead (laughs) Yeah, from the looks of it. Definitely looked very much like that. Yeah. But so didn't, the, but didn't like one of the developers say that it's not Left for Dead? Wasn't yeah. there like. It's not Left for Dead. Yeah, they, 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 you say a lot of things when you're trying yeah. to promote a game. I don't know about. I, I, watch, I watched enough of the gameplay to. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 
It, like, That's like, um, yeah. <laughs> Callisto Protocol is not Dead Space, everyone. It's, not, it's definitely not Dead Space. It's, it's in a space that's dead. It's different. Yeah, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> yeah. We were joking about it last episode. But it's like the opening lines of the preview are like, this space station is dead. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, what else was I... I, there was something else I was really excited about. They're um, adding um, gliders and helicopters to Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is exciting. I might have to go back to that. I'm a little confused, though, because the cities in, in that game look like piles of garbage because it's like it's all, you know, they're using satellite imagery. Yeah. yeah. And so when you get close to them, like I, when I flew to Chicago for the first time, I was so excited. And I was like, that is not, you know, that new, what's that thing, Ron, that we keep sending pictures. Oh, the dolly like AI generated dolly. Yeah. It's that new AI generated pictures. You put in any search phrase and it comes up with the, it's, I'm kind of addicted to it. It comes up with, I don't, how the fuck does it make the, anyways, it doesn't matter. It makes these like images. So like one of the ones I just sent was like, I put Freddy Krueger getting a haircut and then it procedurally generates nine little images of Freddy Krueger getting a haircut. And it looks like fucking nightmare fuel. Because, again, it's an AI is basically taking all of the known images of Freddy Krueger and making its own version of Freddy Krueger. It looks terrifying. Or, or, or it's but, like um, Batman Forever directed by David Cronenberg. That yeah. One, that one picture is very Cronenberg-esque. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Super creepy. Have you seen um, his new movie yet? Um, uh, no, but I, I, I've heard things about it. Yeah, so. it's, it sounds wild. I really want to check it out at some point. <laughs> uh, damn. But the cities in Microsoft Flight Sim looked like that. Like, they were real ugly. But you can buy, of course, you can buy packs that will make the city look very good. What? So you can buy, like, a Chicago pack or a Seattle pack. Mm. But they're, they're fucking expensive. Mm. The DLC Wait, for that game how much are, are they? ridiculous. They're like fifteen to twenty dollars each for I, a I'm city. I'm pretty sure for a single it's city. It's variable pricing, so like a city. I you know what? Hold on, let me look. That up. is. So, what other games are you guys excited about? Let me look this. Uh, up. honestly, I don't know. I I didn't watch the showcase, so I only saw like clips of his stuff. I oh. caught the I caught the Starfield one live, and that's why I was like, oh, that actually looks pretty interesting. Um, but as far as everything else, I have no clue what a lot of that stuff is. I mean, I know what Ark is. Uh, I've heard of Minecraft. <laughs> the uh, Forza Horizon Five Hot Wheels crossover looks very fun. <laughs> I saw pictures of that. Yeah, yeah. But at what point? Is, at what point is that just uh fucking what's it called? Uh, Trackmania. Yeah, I don't so know. I could just well, play the, Trackmania. The, the new one, right? Yeah, the uh, new Hot Wheels game that's supposed to be like. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Also, or yeah, you could just get the the, the 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 Hot Wheels game and just play that too. Right. All right, Joey. What's the price? You seem like you're looking. I I am. I'm having a hard time finding uh, the cities. I'm you finding the planes. Like, this this one plane is uh, twenty four dollars. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, we can Lockheed. we can imagine how much the, uh, a fucking yeah. city might be. This one's twenty four. This one is a is one you can land on the water. It's thirty five dollars for one plane. Another one that's thirty five dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it's and that's that. I was so heartbroken by that because I was so excited to play that game, and then I was like, let me go see what DLC there is. There are some free packs in there. 
but many of them are very expensive. You have to pay for airports too. So if you want like O'Hare airport as it is in real life and not just like the basic kind of shape of O'Hare airport, you have to pay like 12 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever it was. And like I said, it's variable pricing. So some, some airports are like $12 and some of them are like 20. It's just like all fucking sim games like that. Like the train simulator stuff. Like, don't don't even look at it, see how much you could spend just on that right game alone. I did. I counted it up at one point and I don't remember what it was, but it's a couple it's, grand. I think I yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, for all the DLC. Yeah. That is just you know, and I, and, I used and, to, and people buy it. That's, that's I know. I know. I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering, and that, that was actually that was my leaving point as well. Now that is slightly different because like there are some cards that are like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars. You, that do, you can you actually, actually sell them and make your money back. Yeah. You're not going to be selling this DLC. And I know. Your money yeah. Back. But it wasn't even worth buying for me. Cause I'm like, God, like I can't like go into you know, bankruptcy over <laughs> magic. The fucking gathering. On, how bad do you want a black Lotus card? I know. <laughs> I know. Post Malone said he paid like eight hundred thousand dollars for like a special version of the Black Lotus Magic card, and I was like, "Holy shit! Oh my god!" <laughs> That's the weirdest thing to me. I've been seeing a lot of celebrities that will pay thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars for these like cards. I'm not going to name the one that we're probably yeah. thinking of, but he buys like Pokemon cards and like wears them around his neck, and I'm like. That's, you know, I don't know. But what they are giving away for free in the Microsoft Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, a fucking Halo aircraft. I can't remember what it's called. It's the big Pelican. Yeah. Yeah. And it can fly out into space. That's cool. I think. That's the last shot is like it goes up into space. It's like hovering over. Oh, maybe like probably lower orbit. Not, you know. Yeah. Not like it just becomes no man's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every game is no man's guy. (laughs) (laughs) But they also pointed out that it's Microsoft's longest running video game series and it's its 40th anniversary. Whoa. That's that's that tracks. That's amazing. That, That blew my mind. That's crazy. But yeah, they showed the new Forza Horizon or the new Forza Motorsport. Sorry. Um, and that looked really good. It's, you know, filled with a lot of like jargon and stuff that I was like, mm, OK, I guess. <laughs> but but that looked really good. Minecraft Legends was super disappointing to me because it was like a new from a new game from the creators of Minecraft. And I was like, oh, like, are they making like a new game or or better yet? Fucking Minecraft too. Holy shit. And then they were like. Here's an action strategy game based in the Minecraft universe. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I guess somebody wants that. But like, I don't know. I guess when Microsoft bought Minecraft, I was like, "Ooh, man, the places that we're going to go. And <laughs> Nowhere. It was to the bank. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. We're, you're staying right here and we're taking all your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of disappointments for you specifically joey um see if thieves brings everything except <laughs> private servers in season seven but yeah i was so fucking mad <laughs> every time see if these or rare or microsoft opens their mouth about like something new coming to see if thieves i'm like i don't give a shit because it's not private servers from the fucking beginning people have been saying and i've heard numerous people on social media on 
podcasts on gaming sites that are like that started it and were like, oh, this game is amazing. This is awesome. And then they were like, you know what I don't like, though? I don't like constantly being trolled and like harassed by players who have a lot more than I do or who are just being trolls and, you know, assholes. I was one of those people. I was like, man, the water looks beautiful in this. I love just sailing around. That's my favorite thing to do in that game is just sail around. I can't do that because I'm constantly paranoid looking over my shoulder like, is that a mass of a ship or a cloud? Yeah. Is that is that, you know, I'm like so fucking paranoid. And so they everyone was like, there were a lot of people that gave up on Sea of Thieves because of that, myself included, Tab included. Um, and we thought, well, eventually. But then they said at some point, like, well, we're thinking about it. And then they added a mode for streamers. They added a private server mode for content creators only. And it's like, I thought maybe I had a little bit of hope, stupidly, that that meant that they were like testing it out. And at some point, and I don't remember if it was them or if it was like fanboys that were defending them, but they were like, well, but it cost a lot for a server. This is fucking Microsoft assholes. This is, you know, Rare is owned by Microsoft. Microsoft has been touting their servers and their online and cloud presence for fucking ever. F fucking No Man's Sky, an indie game has fucking private servers or at the very least have a passive mode like, okay, so I won't be on a separate server. I'll be on a server with people, but like GTA or see if the, or not see if no man's sky, let me go into passive mode to where, yeah, someone else can see me, but they can't sink my fucking ship while I'm just diving under the, you know, uh. so I'm at this point, my like opinion of see if these is like so tainted by the fact that they absolutely refuse to give private servers and another thing people have used to defend it is like, well, those, but it's a pirate game. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the same the same excuse that people use for Grand Theft Auto. Like, oh, it's a game about fucking stealing cars. Why are you getting mad about it? Right. <laughs> it's because like I would prefer to not have to deal with griefing, like griefing every five seconds. You know? Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> not like in real life there's people just like going around like stealing cars for fun right just, right. To, just to piss someone off and ruin their day right yeah uh, not 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 fun but anyways uh <laughs> <laughs> but i do think that again overall i think you know this is not an e3 and so they didn't have all the big showcases and stuff but if they did i would say microsoft pretty easily won this year PlayStation had a lot of stuff that I was very specifically interested in, Resident Evil and Final Fantasy. But this, you know, was such a strong showing. And they really, to to what we were talking about last week, Paul, and we we're talking about like how Microsoft has the most to prove because their first year, the Xbox Series X and S first year was so weak and quiet. I think they knew, they probably listened to the podcast, probably what it was, <laughs> but they like knew going in that they have to like, specifically aim their messaging at the idea that this is not just empty promises. These aren't just, you'll play them eventually. They kept saying, these are games you'll play in the next 12 months, in the next 12 months. So, yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good show. Yeah, it is. And I think, like, Sony's strategy by comparison is, like, not the E3 approach where they're, they, they really do just seem to, like, throughout the year just peppering, you know, big moments, which, like, we don't get as much of like the bombastic as like, and here is the next five years of your life in your face, you know, but right. like it is a more consistent sort of, you know, high, high, you know, to, to every couple months or weeks knowing that you'll get like a string of like 
a really exciting announcement. So, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to hear about God of War. When it's supposedly yeah. still coming out this year. So when, when are we? Yeah. And Corey Barlog, I think, tweeted another thing where he's like, he said he couldn't play something because he was playing something else or something like that. And he showed it. It was a picture of like a PS5 controller. Um, let me look that up real quick. Is he playing God of War? I think that's that might be what he was sort of teasing. He said, oh, Steam Deck arrived, but probably won't get to play it for a while because I'm currently playing this other thing, dot, dot, dot. Oh. And he has a picture of him holding a PS5 controller. So I'm kind of assuming he's saying he's playing God of War, but which ag- makes me feel like it's got to be in a pretty finished state, you know. Maybe not. I I don't know. But yeah, I, I do want to see it. And I'm hoping that we, we see it soon. I bet you do want um, to see it soon. Ooh, I want to see it real soon. <laughs> um, all of it. <laughs> right in your mouth. I forgot to add that to the, the list of sex and games. Well, that was a pretty what? famous one. Hmm? What? God of War. Oh, yeah. yeah like God of War. Well, we the, didn't even get to the segment games. yet. So let's keep going so we can get to it. Yeah, so let's keep going. Capcom Showcase. Capcom had already blown some of its load in previous announcements because they showed <laughs> they announced Resident Evil 4 remake uh, <laughs> and all that stuff. But in their showcase, they showed uh, mon- a new Monster Hunter Rise expansion. They showed more of Street Fighter 6 and the Capcom Fighting Collection, Exo Primal. And then they did release some new information uh, or, or announced some new information about Resident Evil. They showed the Resident Evil Village DLC which is going to be called the Winter's Expansion. And it's Shadows of Rose Story DLC, New Mercenaries Mode uh, characters, Heisenberg, Chris, and Lady D. So you can play as Lady D. And they only showed like a little clip of her playing, but she's like choke slamming these like big villains in the game. It's fucking amazing. So that's going to be really... I don't love Mercenaries Mode. It's kind of hard and stressful. But if I can play as Lady D. And then... Uh, third person mode for the core game, which is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And all of that, or not all of that, but the third person mode, I believe, is a free update. So if you already have Resident Evil Village, I think you're going to get that for free. I think. But but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Plus, the new, the next gen versions of Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 are out now with improved frame rates and all that stuff. But not if you have the so. PS Plus versions. You have to pay... Oh really? Yeah, that's a, at least they said with Resident Evil Seven. Uh, you have to have okay. the, you have to have bought it to get the okay. uh, the upgrade. Sort of like how Final Fantasy Seven remake was until they decided that they weren't going to do that anymore. Yeah. So probably for I would say it's probably probably first three months. Let them get that money and then they'll and they'll probably open it up or whatever it was six months. Yeah. Speaking of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Square is having their showcase on Final Fantasy VII specifically in four minutes from when we're recording right now. So we're not going to like watch it and live react or anything, but I'm going to keep an eye on Twitter because the rumblings about what it's going to reveal are pretty significant. Um, s- specifically, was that a new Tifa uh, statue? Evil, a new Tifa? Did you see the one where she's like that's, bent that, over? That's what I'm saying. A new one. Are they making another one? How did they get the license for that? When I saw that, I'm like, I'm like, why is everybody making a big deal of this? Like, the statues appear all the time. Then I realized, like, oh no, this is licensed. Like, this is an actual like they they uh, approved this. Like, oh, oh, they definitely approved it. 
Just in time um, for episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you write in, we'll give you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't give you... How much does that... Probably a lot, I imagine. It was, it was a... It's probably it was, like 250 it or was, No, it was, it was a lot of money. I'm going to see if I can find Shit. out how much it was, but it was fucking expensive. If you write in, we will send you a link to the website <laughs> where you can buy it. Where you can buy it. <laughs> and then send us pictures. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Send us the ones that they won't show on the display. Yeah. <laughs> God, what the? Anyway. Um, anyway. So, so yeah, so I'm going to check the Twitter because I, I think they might show, they might show a glimpse of Resident Evil 7 Remake Part 2 or Chapter 2 or whatever they're calling it. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. But, but Ron has a hard out. So I feel like let's not, let's not waste time. So let's talk about the the last thing I want to talk about in the news is the new PlayStation Plus tiers came out today. And when we first talked about them, the language that Sony used in their original announcement was here are some of the games that will be available. And well, not the original announcement. Sorry, there was the original announcement where they said there was going to be over 700 games. And then there was the here are some of the games announcement. And a lot of people were like, what the fuck? You said over 700. This is like 48 or some shit. Like, what? where are the other games? They're here. So when it came out, Sony quietly released it. And people like myself who went to check it out right away were like, there are a fuck ton of games here. I put them into a spreadsheet just to go by line to see how many there are. 834 games, at least, they released in this new PlayStation Plus premium tier. So I didn't separate them. Actually, yeah, I did. Never mind. I'm lying. Uh, In terms of the... So there's the PlayStation plus essentials tier which is playstation 4 and playstation 5 games and in that tier you would get 373 games um and so i'm not going to do the math but 373 plus whatever was you you get let's see how many did i say 800 so you're getting like another 400 games with the premium tier um, which is the playstation 3 PSP, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 1 games. And there are so many games. Like, I can't... I was going through them, and I'm like, there's just too many to play. I was really happy to see almost all of the Resident Evils are on there. A lot of Star Wars games. Racer Revenge, which is the... Is that the sequel to Star Wars 1? Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, mm-hmm. Paul? Yes. I, I might play that, because Racer was fucking... Yeah. Held up real well. It was really good. Force Unleashed 2, Bounty Hunter, Jedi Starfighter. Mm-hmm. These are games that I like. I, I even own those. I own Bounty Hunter and Jedi Starfighter. And it's sitting upstairs. And I've never played them. I was like, I bought them because they were Star Wars games. And I was really excited. And I think the reviews were like mixed. And so I was like, yeah, get around to it eventually. But but then there are also lots of games that I'm like, I've never even heard of that game. <laughs> um, Tales from Space, Mutant Blobs Attack. I, I don't know. The last guy. That sounds familiar. Does it? Yeah, that vaguely sounds familiar. I don't remember what trash it was. Trash Panic. I've heard of Trash Panic. That's a puzzle game. Have you? Yeah. Oh. It's a it's a it's like a Tetris style puzzle game. Well, have you heard of Trinity Souls of Zill Old? No. Okay. John De- John Deaver's hunting experience John or whatever. Deaver's Oh, what was it? Hold on. Let me find it. <laughs> so like who, who well, you're finding this? it. Um I found that story about the statue. Uh it is not official. Uh they just used all the branding oh. on it to make it look really official. 
uh, but it is five hundred and eighty dollars for the cl- for the clothed version. If you want the swappable body parts, it's seven hundred eighty four dollars. Oh my god! Wow. Oh man, I need a job. Um, Joe Deaver's Lone Wolf console yes. edition. There you go. That, that that classic gem doesn't sound familiar at all. You know, I, I'll tell you though. Who's Joe Deaver? I'll tell you why the fuck aren't the Sly Cooper games on there? <laughs> uh, because Jackson. he's not fucking Joe Deaver. That's why. Yeah, apparently not. Apparently, you got to fuck Joe Deaver to be on the <laughs> on this list. No, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I Iconic series, you know, famous mascots connected to a studio. Oh, who's Joe making- Deaver is an author. Who wrote the Lone Wolf book series? Oh, that's why. Hmm. Well, that's there why. you go. That makes sense why he's on there and Sly Cooper isn't. Makes total sense now. Sucker. Yeah, but Sly, Sly Cooper is one of those characters that Sony would use very frequently in their like marketing for the platform of like, you love these it, Sly Cooper games. Wait, is there is there a remaster coming out? I mean, there's a remaster already out. Already? That's probably why they want you to buy the remaster. Oh, but it came out on the PS3 and the PS Vita and didn't move to any other platforms. Yet. Yeah, so it should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, and it's, it, again, it's Sucker Punch. You know, they've been making Infamous for 8 million years. They made Ghosts of Tsushima just recently. You know, like big PlayStation exclusives. And like, ah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, put it on there, PlayStation. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think it used to be on PlayStation now. And I think I read an article that said something like there was like 200 games that were that were lost in this transfer. And, I'm, and it, I think it was one of those. So maybe it'll eventually come to it, hopefully. Um but yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a huge bummer because I because you've talked them up and I'm like I want to play they I wanted to play them for a long time they always looked great I just never got around to it but you love them so much so I'm like oh well I'll definitely have to play that now so we can talk about it but yeah guess it's never happening no oh my god <laughs> Jacqueline if Jacqueline was sitting in on this episode she would be raging right now you know. <laughs> Oh my god! She's going to listen later. She's guaranteed. Yes. She said for sure. This is the one episode I can't miss. <laughs> yeah, she she's waiting in the wings to, to listen. Ah, oh, jeez. But oh well. It, it's it's cool. I guess that the service is launched and we have access to all these games. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, there's a ton of great content on there. Uh, just not what you no. wanted. <laughs> not not better at all. <laughs> But oh, and Ron, to your you know when you were on previously, you said that they were the PAL versions. They're not. They're at the end. Uh, I, well, originally they said that they were going to be the PAL versions, but yeah, I, yeah, I saw that people have done yeah. some comparisons now that they actually listened to people and decided to not do that. So. Yeah, um, I've only played a couple, and I guess that's a good transition into what we've been playing. I played. I checked out Resident Evil Director's Cuts because I was excited to see that that was on there. And I was really impressed by how smooth it looked. So this is not the remake um, or the remaster that's on there as well. But Resident Evil Director's got an actual PS1 game and it looks real clean. A lot of PlayStation 1 games don't hold up even in like remaster form. But Resident Evil Director's Cut, I thought, I mean, it's a PS1 game. Don't go in expecting it's going to look like a remaster or anything like that. But 
the the character models in particular looked really crisp. Uh, the backgrounds did not look as muddy as I thought that they were going to look, and it controlled really well. Uh, so that one was really impressive. I also played Fantavision, which is a, a PS2 launch game. And did you ever play it, Ron? Yeah, I own it. Oh, okay. We I remember we talked about it, and it was like one of those games where it's like it was one of the only games out for the PlayStation 2 at launch, and so I think a lot of people probably have it, but I don't know. I just never... I don't, I didn't even know what it, I'm like. It was a game about fireworks. It's kind of, it's kind of like res. Like you kind of like, you got to do stuff on beat and stuff like that. Sort of. Yeah. And you got to get all the fireworks to, to light up and you can tell. Yeah. Off it'll show you and stuff like that. Yeah. It shows you like a, a series of colors. And so then you have to point to the fireworks as they're being shot up and kind of match the pattern of the colors um, to the music. And I, I only played a little bit of it, but I was really excited because the trophy popped. So some of the games, I don't know if there, there must be a comprehensive list out there, but some of the games have trophy support. Some of them don't. Resident Evil does not, unfortunately, because I would have played through that. Um, I probably will play through it again eventually, but, but there's no trophy support for Resident Evil director's cut, but there is for Fantavision. That was really exciting. Um, I've also still been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. I am still trying to get Diana my one of my like favorite all time visitors. And I, t- I talked previously about spending like 84 Nook Mile tickets, which is a ridiculous amount trying to get her. And I couldn't. So I needed to make more room and chase another villager out of my off my island to make room. And as I was doing that, as I was trying to annoy certain villagers or ignore them to get them to leave, I saved up about another 43 tickets or 34, sorry, 34 tickets. And as I was doing that, the villager that I wanted to leave, which is Boomer, did not leave. It was a, a villager named Flurry, who's a cute little hamster. And she came up to me and she was like, I, I, I'm, I can't remember what she said, but she's like, I'm thinking of leaving the island. And, and I had a moment where I'm like, I shouldn't, she's so cute. I don't want her to leave. I want Boomer to leave, but I don't know when my next opportunity to get rid of someone is going to be. So I was like, yeah, maybe it's time you move along. (laughs) She's like, okay, thanks for giving me the nudge that I needed. And I legitimately felt so fucking guilty. And I'm like going around the Island doing my chores. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. And I try, I went back to her to try to like, Hey, like, I was like, maybe if I go back to her right away, I can like undo this. So I went back to her and I'm like, Hey, Flurry. And she's like, Don't worry, I'm packing up my things now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's like, I just want to say thanks for all you've done for me. I legit almost teared up. Oh, my God. God, She's she's tying a cinder block around her ankles. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Could you build a new bridge by my house if you don't mind? And then, like, when you're fishing in the river, if you fish over where she threw herself in, you just see, like, the outline of her body floating to the surface. Like Night of the Hunter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Her hair just flowing like the the sea, like the the, the algae or whatever. (laughs) The the floral. (laughs) So, and then, so, but she left, and I went, and I, I spent 34 more tickets, because I had 33, and then I went on 33 more trips and I did not get Diana. So then I went home and I, I was like, I need to, I'm just going to, if I can scrounge up enough. So I spent a couple more hours doing all these little chores and stuff. And I got one more ticket that night 
And I was like, I need, I'm just going to go, this is going to be the last one. And I went to the island and guess what? It was Boomer's brother. <laughs> it was some fucking ugly eagle. It wasn't, wasn't Diana. No. Um, yeah. So, and I've since every day I go and I scrounge up cause no one's moved in yet. Thankfully. But every day I go and I scrounge up enough to do two, two or three more trips. And I still haven't got her. I probably spent over a hundred tickets so far. And I'm like, what are the fucking chances, man? So eventually, Diana, my love, I will, I will get you. You're like Verica Salt. You have a whole like peanut factory unwrapping Waka bars <laughs> looking for Diana. Next to the Gatorade factory. Um <laughs> <laughs> so i've been playing that i still been playing no man's sky um not much more to report on that other than still being annoyed that they keep erasing my planet names my very carefully thought out planet names like spice girls the system with ginger baby posh etc we've been playing paul me you jacqueline tab tears have been playing mario kart 8 and that has been fun. I feel like what, you know, what a joy to to rediscover that. Thanks for the invite. Um, would you play? We were talking about no. that. Would you? Would you? I'd have to buy, it. Have to buy it first. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Run, Hard play maybe. It. Play it with Hard us. Maybe. Play it. Play yeah. it. Yeah. Do it. Maybe. It's fun. You love anyway. driving. You love driving. You really do. <laughs> You'll love it. It'll be great. You'll have fun. Who, who, who are you going to pick, Ron, as a racer? I don't know. Since you're definitely I, I, I have no clue. I, I have no clue what the roster is right now. Anyway, continue your story. Classic you Waluigi answer. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Waluigi to me. Um, but we've also been playing Mario Party Superstars. We finally got Tab into that. So that's been Sorry, Tab. a lot of fun. Now one more. <laughs> one more dear friend to yeah, join. Yeah. One of us. One of us. One of us. Just waiting for Ron to come back from the kitchen, fully hydrated yeah. and ready to Mario <laughs> party it up. <laughs> I sent so Joey sent me a picture. I can't remember what the picture was. Oh yeah, it was Bella looking disgusted. And I said, like, yeah, and I can see Mario Party in the background. I'm like, like, see, she's even disgusted by your game choices. <laughs> <laughs> she's not. She loves it. Um and then I started the quarry. But I have been not feeling great these last few days. And then so my sleep schedule has been messed up and a bunch of other stuff. And so I wasn't able to play it at night. And so I tried playing it yesterday in the morning. And it's like it's so bright in here and the game is super dark. So I only got through like the first 45 minutes. So I don't really have much to say about can, that yet. Can oh, I was going to say, can you play that through PSVR? But no, it's a PS5 game. So you probably couldn't even do that. Could you play through what? The PS3 uh, PSVR, like using the PSVR as a screen. But you probably couldn't do yeah. that. I mean, I guess theoretically I could because I have the attachment for the PSVR for the PS5. But um, I don't I don't really hook it up because it's like in the it's complicated, but it's, it's hooked up to my old PS4. So, ah. yeah, probably probably couldn't do that. But, but yeah, so that is what I've been playing. I'm dabbling in a lot of stuff. Uh, Paul, what about what about you? Besides, of course, Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart. Well, What's your, like, how, like, going back to Mario Kart 8, how, do you, have you played, like, do you guys play that frequently? Um, we used to quite a bit. It's been a couple months since we've done it, though. That's one of our go-to online games with, like, Jacqueline's sister and, like, our friend Zoe, because the, the um, connection is so stable, you know, and it runs so well um, that it's, 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 and it's just, it's a great game 
to play while you're chatting, which is a, a real point in that game's favor. You know, like you're just talking, yeah. racing. We had a good time. So I, yeah, I love that. I love the new Mario Party um, superstars. And I just hope that they add more boards. You know, I felt this way about yeah. the last Mario Party where, like, like they should just drop a couple as, like, DLC, you know, like put them in packs of, like, two or three and whatever. Like, that would be awesome. So I would, I would love that. But... I've been enjoying the heck out of that, and then I'm still playing Elden Ring, baby. Yeah. I oh man, so I um just and, and major spoilers ahead because I'm right at the end of the game. So I officially wrapped up all of the side quests that I was really interested in doing, and so I went to the um one of the the later game sir threshold parts. Which is the uh, the Forge of the Giants? This is a big thing, and uh, Melina, who has been my friend through the whole journey, um, tragically died, which was very sad. I was like, no, um, and that was that was a bummer. Um, but uh, yeah, that happened, and then um, right after that, I went to this like really awesome new place. I fought uh, a pretty tricky boss battle against the Godskin duo. Um, mm. who were Trixie. I did get them in one, but it's because I, um, I had a friend in the Volcano Manor that I summoned to fight them with, and he was helping out <laughs> quite a bit. So we, we, <laughs> we took care of them right away, which was good. Just, um, when you're fighting two bosses at once, like anyone to pull aggro, it's like, it's lovely. Like, it's, it's really nice. Um, but, uh, no, they were they were Trixie Joey. They uh Yeah. Yeah, they were. And I didn't expect them once I'd killed them both to come back because I was like, Wow, they still got health. What the fuck? You know, and then they're like, Meh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the duo earlier that I said um that I was like, I don't want to spoil. That's the the ones that were really hard when I went to to help Tab. It took us a while to to beat those. Melina, I don't remember if I spoiled this or not for you, but Melina didn't die in my game. Did I tell you that? Yeah, she left you because you went with the the flame. Because I went with the flame. I didn't know. I didn't fucking know. I wouldn't have gone. Well, (laughs) I wanted the platinum, so I would have had to to have gone. But you would have to gone um, later. You would have reloaded that save later. Yeah, and just quietly. I was. Let me just do this real quick. (laughs) Yeah, I was so sad. She's like, "Oh well, you've chosen your path, and farewell." And I'm like, "Wait, (laughs) (laughs) no! I'm gonna go cure it, which you can later on. You can you can cure yourself of it." Which I did, but it you doesn't bring her back. Ugh. She's like, fuck you forever. So so yeah, that that was that was sad. But yeah, I'm glad to hear. So so yeah, you're right up there. You're because you're in that um that Godskin duo battle is in Crumbling for like the final yeah. yeah. One of the final dungeons. Did you do so. um um Alexander's Battle Jar Alexander's quest there? I don't think so because i didn't find him until late because i think i told you i thought yeah. it was an enemy when i first saw him so. oh well it's tied for one of my favorite side quests in the game now oh, maybe it's not as good as ronnie's but it's still pretty great yeah um, because you oh. see him there at the game and he's so nice and i well i should I, do you want to hear about it because it was so yeah uh, so good. okay so he's like trying to be a warrior but he keeps like getting this shit rocked by all these bosses <laughs> you're fighting with him. And then at the end, he's like, all right, I've learned a lot from you, but like, I want to challenge you now. And like, I'm either going to win or I'm going to get like, you know, like a, like a warrior's death or whatever. And then like, he doesn't win because like, 
you know, just <laughs> late game. I'm very strong, so I beat him. And then he he had this whole little speech, and he's like, "Thank you, my friend." And is like, <laughs> and he, he gives an epic speech, and then just like shatters. And I'm like, "No!" Because like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. And and then you bring like his shards to like his like nephew, who is really sweet, and then. He's like, now I'm going to be a uh, battle jar, just like my um, uncle or whatever. Like, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And the cycle continues. But no, it was so sad. And also, um, I was mixed with the sadness and excitement because he drops an item or a talisman that makes your um, like your uh, art, your art of your ash of war, like your special attack, 35 percent stronger. And I was like, oh my god. So, yeah, Damn. no, it, that, that was rad as hell. So, like, I will remember him fondly, you know, while, I, while I'm using it for the rest of the game. So, yeah, no, but I'm right, I'm right there. So, we're, we're moving in to the, the end game here, which I'm very excited about. Who, so, who was the, um, in that village of the battle jars, there's the one that you talk to who's like really nice. And isn't she, isn't she, she say something like, oh, you can like move in or whatever. And she's like, oh, no, you can't. I can't remember what she yeah, says, but yeah. I, I did think that that was really sweet, too. Yeah, Jar Barn. Oh, yeah, I guess it could be a niece. I'm not. Yeah, I had, I had assumed a certain gender, but yeah, no, she's the one. That oh, OK, that's to. that's the one. OK. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I'm forgetting. It was. It's been a while. So maybe yeah, it was just a young young boy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, a young yeah. young jar. Jars don't have yeah, gender. Yeah, young jar. <laughs> jars don't have genders. <laughs> yeah. But Speaking of jars, yeah. Ron, what have you been playing? One yeah, guy, one jar. Uh, yeah. How many jars have you been shoving and crushing? <laughs> uh, the only thing I've been playing is Super Mario World. Um, <gasps> This is wild. Explain. <laughs> I, I've been watching, obviously, you know, like a lot of stuff's been going on over the past like week. So like I've had had any time to like sit down and like play games. So to relax my mind a bit, I've just been watching like speedrun videos and I was watching some ones on like Tony Hawk and uh, I was watching some on Super Mario World and I'm like kind of kind of I was watching one specifically. It was a task bot, which is a tool assisted uh speed run bot basically it's programmed to do the most optimal run in a game uh but the one i was watching was like causing glitches in the game huh. so basically just like making items dupe and stuff like that like just in normal game and all that stuff and it was really interesting to watch and i'm like you know what i it's been a very long time since i've played super mario world so i decided to fire it up on the classic and get through it and uh it's really hard to kind of go back into that game and have like that finesse also too it probably has something to do with the latency of the hdmi not being a crt so there's probably a little bit of that going on too but i'm about 15 percent done with it right now and i just started two days ago so see let's see how far i get let's see if i get 100 percent. i've never gotten 100 percent because i've had issues with some of the star world ones back in the day I never did 100%. So let's see if I can do it. Yes, do it, Ron. The time is now. I'm going to do it. I thought, like, I played that game so much when I got it because it's like, you know, get a lot of games. (laughs) Like, you play the games that you do get into the ground. And I used to play it so much. And every time I would revisit it, I was so surprised by how much I remembered. And then the last time I played it, which was pretty recently, I was like, here we go. And then I'm like, wait, how how do I unlock the ghost house in this? 
part. I, I, I couldn't f- fucking I, remember. I forgot some of the secret exits, uh, specifically one in one of the donut planes, uh, ghost houses. I'm like, I know I got to fly up, but I couldn't remember. I had to go to the left side, not the right side. And that's, oh. what, that's what fucked me up. So once I, once I looked that up real quick, I'm like, ah, yeah, okay. And then I was able to kind of breeze through some of the rest of the stuff. But most of the secret ex- exits so far, I have remembered. I just got to remember which ones I do when I'm, when I'm playing through like the first time or whatever. Uh, and I have to remember to get all the fucking dragon coins. I got to go back and get a couple of those. I missed a couple in the first levels. But yeah, that's about all I've been playing. So, Speaking of like computer automated best route type stuff, we played Mario Party <laughs> yesterday. Me, Paul, Jacqueline with um, an AI. Was it Donkey Kong? Master? Whoa, wait, was it all three of us? No, it couldn't have been because it was four players. It was just me and Jacqueline. It was me and Jacqueline and yeah, two CP yeah. players. One of them on easy, one of them on master. Yes. And this motherfucker, like some of the mini games, I'm like, how the fuck did you? Because like, I'm really good at some of the mini games. And I'm like, I'm like, mm, I stand a chance. Blew me out of the fucking water in some of them. There was one that we got really close. And I think you might have a chance of beating it, Ron, because it was a domination, a fast button press. It was domination esque. Yeah. And um, I was so determined. I'm like, my forearms burning. I'm trying to tap the button so fast. And I felt like I got it, and I he still beat me. I, I felt really close, but fucking Mario, man! <laughs> and Jerry collapsed like John I, I Henry. You on. <laughs> yeah, <Yep. laughs> <laughs> it's like we keep edging, edging on this like on this on the main topic yep. here. <laughs> well, before we transition to that, so <laughs> I am looking at the Final Fantasy VII remake Twitter, and yes, they did show something for the new uh, for the second part of the Final Fantasy VII. It's called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, it says the second game in the, in the Final Fantasy VII Remake trilogy launches next winter. Next winter. <laughs> not this next winter. Next winter. So, And that's if it's not delayed. So it's quite a while away. But they do say trilogy, which I don't think they said before. So it's only going to be three parts, which is interesting. It looks like they've also... Um, are remaking Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, called Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, uh, featuring updated 3D models, full voiceovers, and new music arrangements. So that's interesting too. But uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna watch that trailer. Oh soon. wait, Final Fantasy VII had three discs, right? Three discs, three parts. There you go. Didn't have more. I thought, I had more it, I thought it was three discs, and I thought I thought eight was four. Hmm. Can you imagine if it takes them as long to get from? One to three, as it did for like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh my! <God>. It might. <laughs> Knowing might. them, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next winter, because that's the thing is like it, they didn't say twenty twenty three. Like I think you're sort of assuming, yeah, end of twenty twenty three. Nope, January and February are still winter, so it could be early twenty twenty four. Which they won't say that because that sounds really far away. Uh, here you go, article from. Tuesday, July 21st, 2020. Why Final Fantasy VII Remake will probably have three parts. Three discs. Oh, shit. Three parts. Hey. Was that written by you, Ron? Uh, no, it was written <laughs> by Robert N. Adams of GameRevolution.com. Oh. Hmm. Well, good call, Robert. Good call. Yeah. Speaking of good calls. Oh, yeah. 1-900- 
pretty pixels after dark. I don't know. So, okay, so let's talk about <laughs> our podcast oh, as a now. phone sex line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about Throne Break. <laughs> Have you played it? I don't know what that is. Oh, I bet oh, you would man. love it. <laughs> if we had more money and more. I don't know, motivation maybe. It would, that would be a fun segment to have one of us call. You probably, Paul, call one of those sex lines and just keep bringing it back to Throne Breaker. <laughs> so you said you haven't played it? No, the worst so part, you, the worst part is, about it? The worst, no, the worst thing that's going to happen is the person he's talking to is super into Throne Breaker and keeps him on the line. Oh, no, I'm going to lose so much money. We're going to be like, Giving him the rapid up sign. <laughs> Hold on, guys. One more minute. What was your build when you went into the... Uh, <laughs> wait, what did you say, Jacqueline? You're leaving me? Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. More time to talk to this guy. This one. So tell me. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So we know this isn't going to be super structured. I put together a sort of very brief rudimentary history of, of sex and games I'll post some of it in the show notes probably, but again, this is not an, at all a comprehensive list or anything like that. I looked at several articles from The Atlantic and uh, what was the other one? Mashable and Vice. Um, they had articles on it. There's a book out called, I think, Sex and Video Games or Sex and Games. I haven't read yet, but supposedly it's pretty pretty interesting, pretty decent. But one of the, the points that kept up i uh, kept coming kept up <laughs> kept coming up was uh soft porn a game from 1981 by a programmer named chuck benton distributed by online systems which would become sierra online oh. uh, was america's first commercially released pornographic computer game so in the late 70s there were what would be considered pornographic games but many of them were like muds so there were these like online role-playing message board kind of things uh not anything that we would recognize as like a, a game a video game by today's standards yeah um but soft porn in 1980 uh, 1981 was a essentially a, like a text-based adventure game and i sent you guys a, a picture in the group chat earlier i was trying to play it so you can play this game and many of the games uh, of these older sex games on um the Internet Archive, which we've mentioned before, I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. And it's I thought it would be fun to just check out. And I I just remember how painful it is to try to play any of those old text adventure games because they're so fucking specific. So it's like it tells me that I'm st- I, I'm sitting at a bar and there's a bartender and there's like a neon light. And then it's like you can there's a you can go west or north or something like that. <laughs> And I was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, all right, so I'm at a bar. And I was like, order a whiskey. And it's like, I don't know what a whiskey is. I'm like, what? You said there was whiskey. <laughs> order a beer. I don't know what a beer is. And I'm like, all right. Um, speak to bartender. I don't know what a bartender is. I'm like, what the fuck do you, what uh, What am I supposed to say here? So I essentially, I saw that it kept repeating articles. So I would say, order a beer. And it would say, I don't know what AA beer is. So I'm like, ooh, maybe I'm not supposed to use the article. So then I said, order beer. And it said, 
And then it said, okay, you know, he says whatever. And I gave him, it said I gave him a hundred dollars. Yeah, I give the bartender $100 and he places and places it on the bar. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> so then he gives me a beer and then it's like, now what? And I'm like, drink beer. I think I, I don't know. I said sip beer. And it's like, I don't know how to sip. And I'm like, of course you don't. So I just say drink beer. And then I made a comment and it was, it was that it was just constantly me being like, what do I do? What are you just trying different inputs? And so I didn't get very far. I didn't <laughs> get close to the sex. But the interesting thing about this one was the sex, the, the sex, um, take off the clothes. I don't know what the clothes is. <laughs> the, the controversy around this game didn't come from the text adventure part of it at all. It came from the advertisement for it, which I included in the, the chat as well. And I won't include this in the show notes, but you can Google, well, I guess maybe you wouldn't want to Google this, but like, if you Google yeah, just Google soft, soft porn, porn. <laughs> save search off. Uh, uh, if you Google soft porn game ad, it, it, a bunch of them will show up because it's been actually written about quite extensively. Um, the ad for the game shows a hot tub with three women who seem to be completely naked. And those three women are the wives of uh, executives from online systems that's not surprising so yeah but it's it's they're they're in a hot tub and you can't see anything you can see that they're nude you can see like the top of their breasts uh and they're being served champagne by a very 1980s looking butler server who is butler in the hot tub yeah he said it looks like it yeah he he really he's fully clothed yeah in the hot tub standing standing in the hot tub he's definitely in it yeah and there's a TV behind them. Well, that's the Apple too, I think. Um, yeah, it looks like oh. a, yeah, like an Apple or like some sort of CRT computer. It's where you want to keep yeah. your your computer, by the way, right on the edge of the hot tub, right <laughs> <laughs> next to the giant glasses of champagne and bottle. Yeah. And how compelling is the game? Like no one's looking at it; everyone's <laughs> facing away from it. <laughs> what a what a selling point. But um, the ad stirred a lot of controversy, and it was actually sort of the beginning of the debate about sex and video games. And it was it it like there were politicians that were talking about it and all of this kind of stuff. So I thought that's why it was sort of interesting, because this is where we start getting that discussion about sex and video games, because at this point in time, video games were still primarily an adult pastime it wasn't really until the nes came along and nintendo sort of rebranded video games as toys and as things for kids uh video game or you know video games or games computer games were still considered uh, computers in general were like an adult type thing and in fact this ad the reason that people complained about it wasn't because oh it's a video game and kids are going to play video games it was it's a video game magazine or like new you know pamphlet or whatever that, that adults have what if your kids come across this magazine? That's what it was. It wasn't, oh, there are video games that are pornographic. My kids play video games because video games weren't really for kids at this time. So I thought that was interesting. And Ron's posting in the in the in the document now some behind the scenes photos that the photographer uh, released, and I I thought they were actually pretty interesting to look at too. They come from the Atlantic article about about the game. Uh, which I'm going to link, written by Lane Nooney, who is a gaming scholar, actually. Uh, they have some interesting work, but but yeah, that, that whole story is, is pretty interesting. 
uh, a year later in 1982, there's a whole kind of, I, again, this is a select history. There's a bunch of games that were out there. But in 1982, Koi from Koi Tecmo released a game called Nightlife in Japan, which was, quote, the first video game to have any nude imagery and was intended as an aid for couples' sex lives. And this is from the, the Mashable article by Kellen Beck. But I thought, you know, again, so this is the first, like, visually sexually explicit. It's still most of the characters, if I remember correctly, were, like, silhouetted. So it's not like it's showing a bunch of stuff. Uh, and this is one of the things that scholars point to as, like, not like a pornographic game. It was again it, intended for. It looks. Game. It looks like just the like Kama Sutra. Like that's literally what. It, yeah. Like it's vector graphics of, you know, people Positions fucking. Yeah, pretty stuff. much. Yeah, a marital aid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But what were not marital aids were the games released that same year by American multiple industries, including games that we I think mentioned in, in the previous episode when we were talking about this. Like beat them and eat them. Beat them and eat them. Yep. These are all for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. All released by the same developer, same publisher, the same year. Beat them and eat them, which was a game where you play a man ejaculating off the side of a building. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, wait, no, no, no. He's you're playing the woman trying to catch the scene. I think right? it's I think it's two players. I think one person can <laughs> jack off and the other can catch. If I'm not mistaken, marital You want to switch roles tonight? <laughs> I'll catch the cum. Um, and then Custer's Revenge, which we talked about, which is often listed as one of the worst games of all time. And Rightfully I so. Agree with that. Rightfully so. Because yes. I don't even want to describe the game. If you're interested, go look it up. It's incredibly racist. Or don't. And or just don't. Problematic. It's, yeah, it's, 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 just it's fine not. enough. You just your life will be richer you know if you know it exists. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Yes, you'll be happier to not look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor Party, I'd never heard of, but it was released that same year. I'm looking it up right now. Um, that that one does not. That one does not ring a bell at all. Yeah, same. I think that I don't remember. There was one that might have been the one where. Is this like, is this tied into the movie Bachelor Party? I don't even know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, with Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. Oh, that would be hilarious. Tom Hanks is in a video game. <laughs> Tom Hanks' first video game, which makes sense for the next century. <laughs> in a weird way. No, I do not think... Well, there was... There was Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say there was one game, and it might be this one, where there's like a... I think you're like in a helicopter or something, and you you lower down with your penis pointing downward and oh, the no, you're thinking, woman you're below. thinking of mash. Oh, that's what it was. The mash NES game. <laughs> um, no, no that's how the woman game. grabs onto the helicopter. Oh, just grabbed on the dick. Yep. No, 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 with her mouth. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> not, not with her. You did a hand motion for the listener. Oh, yes, Al- 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 not- Alan Alda's first game. <laughs> <laughs> I have way too many tabs open here. I got to close all these. Jesus. You uh, should open a tab for X-Man. Yeah. Because in 1983, <laughs> Conan O'Brien's first video game appearance in the game X-Man, which is Wait. has no relation to the Marvel comic series. Well, yeah, well, no, because it's X- X-Man, not X-Men. No, but what? Right. Conan O'Brien in 1983? Like, what? Look, look at the first character. Watch the YouTube. Yeah, watch the YouTube. Uh, watch okay. the YouTube. <laughs> look at the first character. I don't, character I, looks I like don't understand what is going on in that intro. Are you? Are you like trying to not get circumcised is that what's going on 
I don't know. I, there's a I, guy running around a maze, and there's scissors, and then there's teeth just running around, uh, and your guy has a hat and a hard on. Um, but look at the hard on. This is why I want people to watch it, because this guy needs to go to a doctor. The way he's like walking is like one of his legs don't move, and his dick is like sticking off of his leg that is moving. And so if you try to imagine what it would look like for this guy to actually be running around this maze, it's fucking horrific. It's like something it's like something you plug into that that dolly <laughs> thing like yeah, it's it's disturbing. Yeah, um, oh, and then you get to fuck. But yeah, but then you get to fuck. Yeah, it's it's basically it's a maze game with like really simplified mazes. And yeah, like Ron pointed out, scissors and teeth and stuff chasing you and you just make your way through the maze and then you get to have sex uh, in a very. I mean, I would, cl- I would, I would classify that as sex. Yeah. So that passes. Yeah, that passes the test. It tells. It tells. Yeah, you can see what it is. Um, oh, 1987. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, uh, as, as you're about to talk about these, I have never once played any of these games. I remember seeing them on the shelves at Walmart, and then never played them because I didn't have a PC. I tried. I tried to play the first one because I bought there was like a Leisure Suit Larry pack for Steam. It was like four bucks or something. So I bought like almost all of them and I was like, cool. And I tried to go back and play the first one and it was the same. Guess what? Number one. So this is what we're talking about is the original Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry, which came out in 1987, programmed by Al Lowe. And as Nooney points out in that at that uh, Atlantic article, it is almost puzzle for puzzle, a remake of soft porn. So it's just totally a ripoff. It's a visual version of that soft porn game. And it sure as fuck is because I have that memory of trying to play that first game. Order beer. The same. Right. That same fucking problem of like go outside. I don't know what outside is. But at least you get to look at stuff and not just text. I got to look at a bar. and. You know. Okay. Before we move on. Um, yeah. What was your guys's first experience of a sex sex scene or sex in a video game? Like sex, sex, like, or, or just like any, any implied any, sex, implied sex. Shit. I'll go first um, since I have mine ready on deck. Um, top secret project for the NES. Uh, Google, Google 13 top secret project. There was, I remember seeing the ad for that in, in, in Nintendo power all the time. It was like a manila envelope, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That's that one. And then, the, then there's the, the sequel, the, the Mafic project or whatever it's called. Um, so it is, there is implied sex in it in the sense that like you are with your, this girl who's like your, uh, she's sister. No, um, (laughs) this isn't your story, Joey. Uh, um, she is like your like informant sort of, she's like feeding you information and like trying to help you out and stuff like that. And it's like, there's two girls or whatever. I can't remember. I've only played the game like once. Yeah. Uh, yep. And so like you, you meet after certain levels, like you meet back with them at their hotel room and then they like, you know, are looking out the window and then it cuts to black and then it shows the outside of the hotel and you see the two silhouettes get close together. And then you see them kind of like go down both of them. And then the lights like flicker and then go off. So that was my huh. that was my first experience with uh, sex in a video game, and that that game came out in nine uh, eighty eight, and I probably Ooh. first played it in ninety ninety one maybe, 
ish, sometime before the Super Nintendo. But I I'm just surprised it came out for the NES though. I just found out that in the Japanese version, it actually featured nudity. The girls would take off their clothes, uh, and that the it's still like it it bypassed some of the censorship that Nintendo normally has, and they were upset about it. And then uh, the sequel apparently did the same thing that they still bypassed some of the they were still able to get around some of the censorship stuff on it. So. <laughs> Japan, we're not even really talking about Japanese games. They have a longer history of sex in games. And in fact, it's sort of evolved to, they have some really sophisticated sex games. We are going to talk about one of them, but yeah, they, they have a, a ton. Um, they have a whole, a whole subcategory called, I think it's called, uh, Iroge, um, Iroge. And it's, like um, that. yeah. And it's basically like visual novels with, with sex. Paul, do you have one? I'm I'm struggling to. I yeah. know that there's probably like an earlier version. I think the earliest experience I had was, um, I think it was fourth grade, and I went over to a friend's house. And this is a thing, by the way, throughout grade school and middle school. Like, um, I would encounter similar moments like this. But uh, the I wasn't allowed to play M-rated games when I was younger. But the trick is to go over to somebody's house whose parents are a little more, you know, loosey goosey. And, and say you're doing Bible study. Yeah, exactly. Praise me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, no. Um my friend had GTA three, I think. It was GTA three or Vice City, and um yeah, I, like I was watching him play and like he was having sex with prostitutes and then running them over and getting his money back, and I was like, Whoa, like this is wild. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe <laughs> that it was a thing. Your, your, was, your Christian eyes yeah uh, well i just yeah i just didn't no i didn't i didn't know yeah that like <laughs> that was that was a thing that you could do in a video game so it was yeah it was surprising on, and John, at that what? point oh yeah. sorry go ahead no go ahead sorry. well i was gonna say at that point too like as young as i was i didn't really understand sex or like <laughs> or like what that meant so as like, old that as was... i am i still don't understand it so <laughs> <laughs> you know. well that that's the thing too is you say that you know he was having sex like the car shook. Right. That was, that was, that was it. Yeah, like, it's nowhere in conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, nowhere like comparison to like you know GTA four, GTA 5's you know uh, experiences with First prostitutes. Person, yeah. Maybe. So, <laughs> Joey, was exactly. it was it was it Summer Tutor? Was that your first experience with? <laughs> That's not a sex game. <laughs> no, I'm. I don't remember. I mean, I'm, I can think of games with like sexual elements like conquer's bad fur day mm -hmm. had quite a bit of like sex jokes and yeah. things like that in it i don't know if that was the first one though that seems later but then again i can't remember what would have come before that that would have been that would have had other than you know what it might this is might maybe a little bit of a cheating answer but the legend of zelda 2 <laughs> Is it Link's Awakening? Is that is that No, that's that's that that's Adventures the, of Link. Adventures of Link. Link's Awakening is a Game Boy game. Right. Why they fucking um, Zelda? Because Whoa. you go into this this village <laughs> in one part and there's this woman in red and she's like what does she say? She's like come in here. I will do something and you follow dick. her in I'll and, suck your right, and you're like your life goes up and then you both like <laughs> calmly come out of the house. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because that could be look very it up, well man. Be, uh, I still I still look at that and I'm like, what's what was what was supposed to go on? You hear, in there? you hear Link doing his like Breath of the Wild dying voice. Ah! 
<laughs> yeah, he goes, you just hear like the hit, hit, hit. Listen. Uh, <laughs> you got your master sword ready, everybody. <laughs> you hear the <laughs> oh, sword shooting. No, Joey. Ring King. What? Ring King is another one. Ring King is a boxing game for the NES. We went on a whole journey to try to find this copy because we had heard that in Ring King, like when you get when you go to your corner after you've been beat up between rounds, that your trainer, your corner man, like your corner man, gives you a blowjob. And we were like, that bullshit. <laughs> so at the time, it was Funko Land. GameStop wasn't even around yet. We're going to like Funko Lands. Like, do you have Ring King for the NES? We finally found it. I think we paid five bucks for it. And we went, Best we five went bucks we ever in. spent. Best five bucks, and sure as shit, it looks like this guy. Because what else could he be doing? He's, he, not he's like, like your guys. Your guys you. in the corner. He's just basically on his knees, and his head is just bobbing back and forth. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's all it is. I cannot think of what else. And he's your stamina not, like, goes back up. Like, so like, what right. else? What else is he doing? <laughs> if Zelda Two has taught us anything. So Zelda Two and <laughs> and Ring King. I mean, I, I, you know what? There was another, and I couldn't think of this. I meant to ask you, Ron. The early PC first-person shooters. One of them, I think it was Duke Nukem. In one of them, you go into a strip club and you see boobies. Yeah, and the, no, no, they're 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 wearing tassels. They're not. Okay, uh, they well. have tassels on. But yes, that is Duke Nukem 3D, which I was yeah. playing recently, so uh, it's fresh in my memory. That was one of them too. Then for me, really, I remember being very excited about that. Ninety, ninety seven, ninety six, somewhere on there. 90, so damn, that 90, was later than I thought. Maybe ninety five. Hold on, I'm trying to th- remember. I think it came out like PlayStation, like ninety six, ninety seven. No, shit. But see again, even that's not like actual no. sex. That's just like nudity, and yeah, stuff like that. Not the question I asked. So. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the first. I mean, I mean, I can, but it's not. It can't be the right one. It's like Mass Effect or something, you know. I can't. You're be the saving first it for one. when you're older. Yeah. <laughs> did we? Did you do hot coffee when it came out, Jerry? No, because it wasn't actually ever released. No, it well, was. Um, we just didn't have Game Sharks at the time for. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Did systems. you find some way to access it? Nah, I didn't care about it too much. I think. Wait, I did so, on I did on PC like way way later on just to see what it was, but it, it's the like dumb fucking warm coffee, dumb Wait, rhythm I, game. I got the impression that because it was technically accessible in the game, that literally every child who owned a gaming console oh, no. was ripping it <laughs> off the shelf. And I mean that that's why we should all be so outraged because clearly everybody was, when, was doing when it. they announced that like that it was there and they were rating it adults only. I immediately went on a hunt to find it for Xbox because at the time I was basically buying Grand Theft Auto on any console that I could get. Uh, and I was holding off on the Xbox one of San Andreas for a while. I was waiting for it to go lower in price. But then as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I need to go find a copy right now. And I went to like three different game stores and one of them, the last one I went to, I'm like, do you have a copy of it? And I'm like, yeah. Here it is. They, they just they had them behind the counter because they you know couldn't have them displayed on the shelf anymore. Everybody's like, yeah, I'll sell to you. I don't give a shit. So, so yeah, I, I own a uh, pre-band version of uh, oh, wow. San Andreas on 
uh, play, PlayStation 2 and Xbox. So Damn. that's how cool I am. Yeah, <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, along those same lines of like hidden like code, there was a game called Bloody Roar, was it? Do you remember yes, this, Rod? I do remember Bloody Roar. Where the programmers took the characters it's a fighting game it wasn't it wasn't the first one i think it was was the playstation 2 one it was like play Play war 2 i think gamecube yeah something like that um and they took the characters and some programmer in on the team had explicitly like hardcore sexual scenes in the game with the characters and it's kind of like hot coffee like it's inaccessible unless you can get into the code but there's like images out there you can see them it's like it's still it's still early-ish yeah. 3D models. It, yeah, there's so nothing not like there's that. no nudity and it's it's right. you know implied like it's not a dick, it's a dildo or whatever. They're like touching themselves. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But there there was that. Uh there was the another another thing, speaking of like kind of censorship-esque stuff, BMX Triple X was a game that came out in two thousand two that I have on this list, which we're not gonna we won't go through the rest of the list, but I want to point this one out because I thought this one was interesting because it was censored on the PlayStation 2. So at this point in time, the early 2000s, Sony was like adamant about no sex. Like it was funny because they were trying to, you know, from the beginning, they were trying to position themselves as the more adult and sophisticated video game console. Nintendo was for kids, but Sony, that's for adults. Like this is more... But then it was like, and Xbox was just, just like, we just want to be new- here, so we'll do anything, anything <laughs> yeah, anybody wants. We're part of the group, right, guys? Um, but they would not allow nudity and sex. And so when BMX Triple X came out, it was censored on the PlayStation Two, but not on the GameCube or the Xbox. And so you can get this uncensored. And the GameCube version had <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you looking at me weird? The GameCube version has a. Uh, intro that is not featured on any of the other ones that features one of the uh female developers in a wet t-shirt huh. oh. <laughs> it's only on the gamecube version not on the xbox version to bust my copy out because i did buy it at the time because this 2002 was around the time this was before hot coffee actually when sex started to become more like in the early 2000s there was a lot of stuff like this like extreme culture was like kind of big and they were like this is the era of like backyard wrestling and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and so that bled into video games in, in in the way of like these sexual games so you had bmx triple x blood rain uh came out at this time which the game itself doesn't have a lot of like sex and stuff in there but the character of blood rain actually posed or a Playboy spread, yep. or not a spread, but like was included in like a Playboy thing. Um, Leisure Suit Larry relaunched with a game called Magna Cum Lauda. It's also like the height of like Dead or Alive, like Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Like this, that kind of thing. This is the ruthless aggression era of uh, wrestling. So it's after the Attitude Era, and they're coming hot off the heels and trying to be. Every, everyone's trying to be edgy for edgy's sake instead of like having some sort of earnestness to it. Right. Just cut your forehead and, and that'll, that'll yeah. fill seats. And hey, look, boobs. Um, yeah. So it's not surprising that a lot of these games came out of that era. But in 2007, Max, Mass, <laughs> Max Effect. <laughs> my own 
That's my fan fiction version. <laughs> Starring Rex a young boy named Max. <laughs> uh, but in 2007, Mass Effect came out and they had a sex scene. And Paul, have you seen this? I think we've talked about this before. I haven't actually seen it. I will post a link in the show notes, but there's a segment on Fox News where they're, they attack... They call it sex box. Like that's the little like scroll at the bottom is like sex box question mark. And they're talking about how Mass Effect has this full on hardcore sex scene and kids are going to play this. These are for kids and going to corrupt the youth or whatever. And Jeff Keighley, who we're seeing a lot now because of the summer game fest, was actually on this segment. Wow. Little baby Jeff Keighley. Yeah. And to his credit, he actually does really great because they're trying to demonize it and they they set it up of course as kind of like this gotcha situation where they have this woman who had written some books about like family stuff and they had her on there as like the anti mass effect or anti sex and video games argument and then jeff Keeley was like the pro video games or like you know the counter to her so they let her talk first and she's like and this is disgusting and you know this is going to be cry like kids are going to play this and blah 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 and his, they like throw it over to Jeff. And his first question is, have you played this game? And she scoffs and she says, no. And he says, right, exactly. If you did, you would realize that the clip that you just showed on TV is about as bad as it gets. So if you want to sit here and say that like the video game is really bad, you just showed almost the worst of it on your news segment, which kids also have access to. <laughs> and one of my favorite things, though, was the, the no, follow I'm watching the video, so, little baby, little baby Keely. <laughs> Keep, gamers saw this segment and were outraged by it because they were like, are you fucking kidding me? You get someone who's not played this game and who has no idea what they're talking about to get on here and talk about why it's bad. So they went and review bombed her new book that she was promoting by being on the segment. They review bombed her new book on Amazon and all the reviews were, well, I haven't read it, but I've, I think I've, that I've heard <laughs> that it's got. <laughs> yeah. And Amazon en- ended up unfortunately going in and uh, disabling Reviews. reviews and deleting all of those but the damage was done um, so the damage was done yeah so i loved that one but another game i wanted to point out though was before we move on real quick i want to i want to talk sure. uh, we were talking about like hidden stuff in games i want to bring this up too because i just it, it's, it's always a memory that's stuck in my head but frank what the fuck sorry uh <laughs> you just got i've really, never heard of that game you <laughs> just, just got really loud for a second there um there was a game called Rings of Power. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I got a ring of power. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah, Rings of Power. <laughs> it was a game that was released on the Genesis by Naughty Dog. Uh, oh. Published by oh. EA. So wow. I, I, I've never actually like done. Is, is this the one? Uh, I mean, oh, I, I know what you're going to say. I just, I just remember. Okay, I just so, heard something about this. Yeah, Rings of Power. So I never actually played the game. I've only seen the screenshot. I've never actually done it because I never had a Genesis, and I know no one ever knew had the game. But I always remember seeing this cheat in Tips and Tricks, which was a um, a monthly or bi monthly um, video game magazine that literally just sold like it had like very limited articles but mostly was just uh selling you a book of cheats pretty much basically what you know game facts was or whatever of like tips and tricks maybe tips and tricks most of it was like (laughs) most of it most of it was just cheats though not very many 
tricks and tips. But they always had one for this one. And it's it's an alternate Naughty Dog logo that'll pop up. And basically, you have to like turn the Genesis on, hold down buttons on controller two, and then reset the power or whatever. And it would come up and it'd be like a topless woman in the Naughty Dog logo. But I always remember when they would like say this in the tips and tricks because it would it in multi, it would be featured in multiple issues because you know they're not going to have new tips and tricks like every month so you'd see like the same one for like seven months at a time and at the end of this one it was always the same thing it's like do this and turn in your console and prepare to get wet it <laughs> <laughs> is always stuck with me and it is the most like lamest fucking image too <laughs> but this is nine this, you know this is fucking 91 or whatever yeah but yeah it's just this fucking like fucking think like california games airbrushed like california blonde girl and nipples pretty much so prepare to get wet (laughs) they do like the dramatic e3 announcement for the last of us part two and they open with that (laughs) like the guitar is playing just naughty dog Um, I, I wonder if they. I, I wonder how they feel about that, like splash screen. If there's any sort of nostalgia for it, because it's so fucking dumb. It's just like I. I would hope that they fucking bring it back one day. You know what though? That was like of their humor or their their vibe, especially with like Jack Two and Jack Three. I remember those games like through Daxter specifically, like kind of like Hunkers, you know, Bad Fur Day, like having a ton of like sexuality, like sex jokes. Well, were like all that. the Jack? games weren't those all like all the subtitles like sexual innuendos uh, well, was that I the jack I, games or was that the ratchet and clank games no it was ratchet, ratchet and clank, clank. Yeah. yeah they wanted to call the like the third one clock blockers but that was a step <laughs> right. too far so they called it a, a crack in time instead <laughs> Ew. <laughs> like that speaking of bad you know bad like nude art or like pixel art and sex uh imagery there are so many games if you go on like internet archives and you just look up sex games there's so many like strip poker games and early games like that um and i remember playing them a long time ago and being like ooh, like this looks pretty bad but let me see but you can't play that when you suck at poker let me just say uh, like- <laughs> or you can play kicks which is the image revealing game with the line mm. they have uh you could if you if you go into you know emulators sites and stuff like that and you can get some rom hacks that have some nudie ones and stuff like that. i still remember like back in the day getting like early days of emulators and stuff like that like downloading like you know just zips of you know a bunch of uh roms and stuff like that and there would always be like hentai slideshows and stuff like that and it's literally all it is it's just it's a fucking slideshow that has like 10 hentai and images in it and they because of how detailed they are and because the processor of the super nintendo it would like actually like load in like frame <laughs> like line by line <laughs> oh here it comes here it comes oh See yeah where this tentacle goes <laughs> Uh, speaking of where tentacles go, though, um, I know you have a hard out, Ryan. So you, Ryan, I, 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 I got like 15 more minutes. I could do 15 more. Okay. So, so there's a game before you go. I want to make sure we talk about it called custom made 3d. 
from 2011, released only in Japan, unfortunately, and it was a sex simulator game that came with a PlayStation Move slash Fleshlight like controller. <laughs> so it looks like a like one of those like PlayStation Move controllers, like a wand, but the end is a little bit bigger than that, and it's there's a hole in it. <laughs> for what? So basically. For a penis. Oh. Okay. So. <laughs> for a penis. For a penis. You stick penis in the. Uh, and yeah, you fuck the controller. That's, you oh you fuck your controller. It's. It, and, and like the game I, I'm, reacts I, to I'm it. waiting for the, the, the downside of this, Joey. <laughs> the downside is it's probably a bitch to clean. I, I, I Looking have to, at this, it's a, a, a sleeve that you just pull out and you can clean it on oh. your own. I'm looking at images Shit, of it right huh? now. How much is it? Are you looking to find the... Uh, I know there was a sequel. Let's see. Let's see if it's available. Keep talking. Do they have any used ones? <laughs> it's not available new anymore. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what, they, they sell one with the uh, Tifa statue that we're talking about. So just <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, that's one of the only peripherals. Like you would think at some point, if you had asked me in like 1990 what the future of sex games look like, I would have imagined some kind of hybrid of like the sex industry and video games. But we haven't really. I, I mean, Teledonics is that. going is getting there. What is it? Teledildonics. Teledildonics. That sounds like a character in Cyberpunk. It actually sounds exactly the way what you think it is. Hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's not quite as as. Uh, really, there aren't even really that many sex games. I'm sure there are a bunch of indie games, and and like I said, Tab has a couple that they wanted to mention. So I'll read. Wait, but um, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. Before Ron leaves, there's one game that you guys need to talk about. The freaking guy game. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Wait, what? What's that? A game yeah, for a game for guys. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I used an article. Um, talk about talk about guy game. No, the anything. Any that go through? I want beer. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> want beer? Uh, there's nothing more of this to be said about the fucking guy game that we haven't talked about already. That game's fucking trash. Maybe maybe it'll Except. maybe that joke will finally die. In this Except episode. The mini games. Except the minigames. It's the only good part about it. Literally. They were pretty fun. <laughs> That's um The premise is like <laughs> it's fine, you know what I mean? It's just the execution was was really dumb. Part of it is like it, this is again the era where Girls Gone Wild was a thing. I think that's really the vibe that this that this game oh, is tapping 100, into. 100%. I mean, they probably piggy they probably like sold it to these girls as Hey, this is going to get you on. You mean you know, girls gone wild. This is the next best thing, sort of thing. Yeah, I legitimately tried to look up. We talked. I had sent to you guys like the idea of like I pitched the idea of like what if we did interviews with the girls who were in the game because I do think it'd be really interesting to get their perspective. Like, how were you approached? What was the experience like? That kind of thing. I cannot find their names i cannot find who they were like when i look up you know in various places i've looked at the credits for the game i can't i can't find any of them so but i i do think it would be really interesting to hear you know how they feel about it do they were not not necessarily focusing on regret because that's one of the things that i have a have strong feelings about which is like 
shame and sex. I really feel like we've grown up in a society where sex is shamed. We don't talk about it. Even with people who I think are pretty open-minded and progressive, it's it's so ingrained in us that sex is a bad thing and something that we need to be, you know, we have to keep quiet. It's a private thing. And I think that's where, like, not to get um, too much of, like, a tangent, like a soapbox, but that's the direction that I wanted video games to go with sex is for there to be like instead of these like exploitative look at these titties and 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 butts and everything like that like i wanted there to be more realistic like in other art forms where there are more sensitive realistic depictions of sex um i don't mind there being the kind of more shady cd kind of ones too every game has its audience as long as you're not doing something illegal or or you know, problematic in that, in those kinds of games. I mean, I'm a fan of them. I played Nico Para. I played, I like the dead or alive volleyball games. I think those are fine too. There's nothing wrong with those, but I also do want there to be more healthy representations because I think that could help contribute to normalizing sex and sex discussions and not just making it this, you know, Levacious. What am I? That's the word I'm thinking of. Levacious. Levacious. This like seedy thing that we need to, you know, hide away. Again, I think it's just something that it's just we live in a weirdly contradictory salacious? society. We're sold sex salacious. on a regular. Yeah, we're sold we sex go. on a regular basis, but we can't talk about it or discuss it in an adult manner. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, that's it's sex sells, and so we're used to seeing it in you know, movies and advertisements and stuff like that. But let's not talk about it. Let's not, you know, have open conversations about it. And because we yeah. don't want to hurt so, the children. Right. The children might hear us talking about it and think that it's something that people should do for fun. Yeah. Well, and no, no, no. I think video games are such an interesting spot for it too, because I think, you know, because of like, the fact that they're like an interactive medium, like sexuality and violence, I think are treated differently in, in their context than they are in other places, which is stupid, you know, for a lot of reasons. Um, especially in the case of something like Mass Effect, where it's like a five second cutscene, which is like, okay, watch any James Bond movie and it's going to get about exactly as, you know, as salacious as, as that. But like, yeah. But it is, yeah, I, I wonder I wonder if that's part of the reason that, like, the the outrage around it is more, like, intense in some cases that people, you know, think about it differently because of the kinds of experiences video games give you. But, yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, I even think about the way that people talk about sex in games or sex games. Like, it's always derisive, and sometimes it's, you know, for good reason. Like, we are talking about the guy game and how kind of gross and problematic that was in part because it was so exploitative. But I think again, they're just being games where there's nudity or sex in them. You know, people talk about them as if they're like disgusting and gross. Right. And would, that's, those are pervy games and like only pervs would play that. When I played, I got dead or alive extreme three, the latest dead or alive extreme beach volleyball game. And I started playing it on my PlayStation four my friends could see that I was playing it. And I have PlayStation friends from like way back in the day that I don't remember. 
I got two. I'd never gotten one of these before. I got two requests to watch my gameplay from people <laughs> oh that I don't god. remember. Oh my god! <laughs> and they sent messages, uh, and they were like, "What uh, are you playing? Can, can, I, can I watch?" I, I, I mean, like, I know I've done that. <laughs> interesting game that you're playing. You've done it, but it's like I, it's uh, you're you, but, joking, but you like, still you, won't let me watch. I still won't let you. I, know, I would. I'd let you. Watch. <laughs> I'd let you watch. <laughs> I'd let you watch. Bring the peanuts in the game. Um, <laughs> Club Challenge, right? Next time? Yeah. <laughs> One air mattress. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so I looked up the controller. Uh, the only thing I could find like, u- used was like a link to an <laughs> eBay site, and it was about $1,000. Oh. The eBay exists, uh, auction does not exist anymore. Uh, it originally retailed for 140 so you fucked up by not buying it then. Damn it. Um, the, 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 the fucking <laughs> Kotaku article, the first comment is, but I'm a girl, and what if I want to play this game? Hey, that that's... A, Use the other end. Well, I mean, that, controller. <laughs> that is um, one thing I will say generally um, about at least so many of the games we've looked at so far in the history. It, in representing sexuality, it fits into a very heteronormative male, you know, centered, you know depiction of sexuality which i think that is a fair criticism you know (laughs) well yeah because that's part of the problem is again i don't mind sexploitation games i think you should have you know games for all kinds of different preferences and people and part of having a game with sex in it especially if that's the focus is it allows you to you know maybe enact some kind of fantasy that you can't otherwise and as long as again you're not doing anything problematic or illegal i think that's great the problem is because games have mostly been made by men throughout history. We're getting male fantasies. We're getting, like you said, heteronormative. Look at these sexy women. Men are in the position of power, male gaze, all that kind of stuff. And we don't get a lot of, we are in the the indie space. We're seeing a lot of expansion there. And actually this might be a good time to bring up the the games that tab wanted to talk about. So I'm going to read a text message that tab sent me again, they had some notes that they were going to use to talk about it on the show. And then they wrote a blog post about another game and I'll sort of summarize their thoughts on that. But the text they sent me is about a game called who we are now. And they say it's an indie game developed by Chroma field games released in 2019 and tells us a queer post-apocalyptic story. You play as Wes, a young man who sets out for the settlement called home. Wes is caught up in loss and memories and desires something or someone to help heal his wounds and bring resolution to the past. Uh, if you take a look at the Steam reviews, some will complain the game is too short. Sigh, indies always get this complaint. The game is short, but let me highlight what it does well. The game tells a queer story. So that's another thing, again, like you said, heteronormative. So this is um, breaking out into a, a more uh, queer-oriented sex space, which the indies are, are really kind of knocking out of the park. But sorry, that's my own interjection there. The game's character represents various body types, which is something the game game industry still struggles with, let's be honest. Uh, number three, the game features queer sex in a positive light. Your cho- choices are simple. Choose to view the 18 and over sex scenes or not. The game includes explicit sex scenes between men. Um, choose which of the four guys to pursue and which whether and choose whether to top or bottom. Hey. <laughs> games like uh who we are now and knife sisters which is the game that the blog was about 
uh, are important for their representation and because they offer different kinds of stories, the kinds of stories most AAA games refuse to acknowledge. The sexual encounters in these games are important, and I don't believe it serves the game serves gamers' best interest to censor these things. Uh, the option to view or not explicitly view the content is great. Games that explore mature content or topics have the potential to explore serious and not so serious themes, and there's value in this. Seeing queer sex in video games should not be taboo. It can be part of healthy representation. And then the game. Oh, God, where did it go? Oh, uh, Knife Sisters. So this is an indie game that I think we got in one of the bundles. It might have been like the LGBTQ bundle that we that we got. Is one of the it's on my list is one of the that I've been meaning to play. Tab highly recommended it. And they in their blog post, which you can find at the gaming hold on. What is it? Let me pull it up. Make sure I have the URL right. They have a blog on WordPress that you can check out and find this blog post and more. I will also link this in the show notes. But it is gamingteacher.blog. So if you're curious about more uh, thoughts from Tab on various games, you can check that out. I will link it in the show notes. But they have a blog post on Knife Sisters that they wanted to revisit. Uh, and so they say in this blog post, I don't think I have ever seen such representation in video games, both in terms of substance and presence. Uh, the game is incredibly diverse and was enjoyable to experience. The pr- protagonist is non-binary. This is a visual novel, by the way. Um, and their romantic interests are Mo, who is also non-binary, and Vicky, a trans woman. The presence of non-binary and trans characters was especially meaningful for me to see. I can't think of another video game that explores career relationships in quite the same way. So that's from their blog post. But the game shows and deals with things like bondage and um, I'm not SNM is not the right term. But uh, things like that, like bondage and different kinks. Right. Yeah. And that's something, too, that like, again, you know, if sex is shameful in our society, kink is especially shameful. And so there's a lot of indie games like these, I think, that Tab wanted to talk about that are exploring that. And a lot of them are done, as Tab points out, in really like sensitive ways. So I think they wanted to sort of promote these games but really just go to itch. You know what I mean? Look at itch. Itch has so many great games by, uh, particularly by queer developers who are trying to represent a specific type of sex or situation that we will not see in AAA games. AAA games are starting to show sex more. I, when I was going through and thinking of games and listing games, once you start getting into the last like 10 years, you're getting, more and more explicit sex scenes, The Witcher 3, a lot of the Rockstar games, Dragon Age Inquisition, Heavy Rain, Mass Effect 2 and 3 but have it, more explicit but it, sex but it's, scenes. And it, but at the, at the same time, it's also like more tastefully done too. It's not just like, you know, yeah. the God of War sex mini game, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> Knock like, the vase over. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually yeah. like, you know, there's, there is some emotion in some of them, you know, like the Grand Stata ones, like obviously, you know, they're going to be satire and whatnot, but they're definitely taking it a little more, little more seriously than they would have yeah, 10, yeah. 15 years ago. So on that note, I do have to jump. So it was fun talking to y'all. Yeah. All right. Go, go get those yeah, peanuts. Yeah, and yeah, I, go, I got to go, 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 go,
Yes, rehydrate. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll start uh, pumping it back up for <laughs> yeah. for our we'll, next we'll, installment. We'll be, pump, we'll be pumping it back up. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody, Archie. All right, bye. bye. Now that he's gone. No, no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk about how sex and games is bad. Yes. This is impure and immoral. How dare Ron yes. talk about sex and Surprise, no. Ron and listeners <laughs> who thought we were being sincere. This is all a ruse. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to, to launch off what Ron was saying a little bit, like I do appreciate that they're being more tasteful. But I also wish they would be more explicit. I understand that that is a different kind of game, probably. And it might seem very out of place for some of the games. Like, I can't imagine, like, an explicit sex scene in Mass Effect. But, again, what I'm wanting is those kinds of explicit sexual games, number one, not treated like, you know, sin and vice and all that stuff, which is how we talk about them. You know. But still done in, like, a respectful way. Yeah, well, and like those kinds of games, and I would throw Wolfenstein on here as well um, to our our list. Um, But like one thing that I admire about them is um, so like Mass Effect, The Witcher 3, Dragon Age, or not Witcher 3, The Witcher series, I would say two is really where it starts. One is Mm. like it's one is kind of weird, actually. It is almost like that salacious thing where like you have sexual relationships in the game. But, like, as opposed to just, like, having sex with another character, if you, like, woo them, you get, like, a little card with, like, a nude image of them, like, kind of on it, which seems of a different era and goal than later Witcher games 2 and 3 specifically, where you do have these really deep, like, contextualized sex scenes with, like, characters that you've grown to, like have a relationship with and understand or whatever. And what I admire about them is that, you know, if we're making a game and we're making a game built around romance and a sexual like romance with two characters, um, that the sex is like built seamlessly into that. And I do like that. And we are again, like something like Wolfenstein, it's like, pretty explicit and unapologetic about how explicit it is um, in a game that historically has not had any a lot of Nazi killing but not a lot of sex in it so like yeah, I remember being like wow like this is kind of exciting that they're like they're going down this route um, and uh, like things like The Witcher 3 like I love that they have like these really playful sex scenes in it like um sex scenes where Geralt can't get like his like his like boot off or whatever like <laughs> that amazing one they do in the the um blood and wine expansion where you're having like sex with Sienna like in the clouds or whatever and Floating, like yeah, yeah it's really really cool so like there is like some really cool stuff being done but like I think if I'm catching what you're throwing down, like part of it is like, it could go even further, which like, hopefully it will. And like, we'll continue to see a movement in a more inclusive direction, just broadly speaking, but like also something that um, you've talked about with dating, but I feel like this could apply to sex too. Is like something that's like more explicitly built around like the dating and sex itself, as opposed to it kind of being like a, uh, like a, a thing included in like a bigger kind of experience or, or ex- experience like going maybe in a different direction. 
Yeah, like I, I I like romance in games, and so I don't need there to always be sex. Like for me, it's more about like the relationship. But I do wish there were more s- games where sex was more a core part like these games that tab's talking about like a core part of the game and not you know in this salacious way or this exploitative way or objectifying characters or anything like that or even like in a marginalized way where it's like it's there but it's there for a second in a right 100 hour game you know (laughs) right and it's not like oh something you unlock or something it's just something that's there you know and I think, like, to your point about The Witcher, I think games like The Witcher and Dragon Age are doing things like that, because in both of those, you can visit a brothel, and in, I can't remember which one it was, Dragon Age 1 or 2, but in one of them, I had heard that you could visit a brothel and, and visit a prostitute, and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of exciting, because, like, I want to be in a relationship with the character, but once I get in that relationship, gotta just be with that character, can't cheat on the character, right? Like, that's my, my own fiction of the game. So I was like, I got to get to one of these brothels pretty early on. <laughs> but in, I think it might have been Dragon Age Inquisition. But they, they tout, one of the things they touted for the tech of the game was that your blood spatters from, blad, uh, from battle would stay on you, on your armor for a while. <laughs> and so the, the bad thing is, though, that not, not only would it stay on your armor, it would stay on your body. And so I was out fighting and beating up all these demons and stuff. And I had blood splatter all over my cool Dragon Age armor. And uh, I go to a brothel and I'm like, oh, oh, a brothel. I can sleep with, you know, a prostitute. So I'm like, hey, you want to go to bed or whatever? And so we go to bed and it cuts to black. You don't actually get to see the sex scene. But then you wake up and you you don't have your armor on. You're naked and you're covered in blood. And so like, <laughs> I was so excited because we go in and light goes to dark. And I'm like, having sex with a prostitute. And then it cuts back in and I'm leaving just covered in blood and i'm like that is not this is implying something (laughs) (laughs) this is some some american psycho shit but um but no i i yeah i think games are doing things like that where you can have casual sex yeah it doesn't have to mean anything and Geralt is a great example because he has several relationships like we've talked about before where he has his core romances his core romance options who are the there's going to be a cutscene at the end of the game and there's an implied ever after, whether it's happy or not. I mean, obviously open to interpretation, but there's going to be an extended relationship after the end of this game, probably. But then there's also flings and temporary relationships, and you can go visit a prostitute and stuff like that. And it's just a part of the game. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that I want more of, you know? Like cyberpunk. Like cyberpunk. They added that stuff in, and yeah. you can have a beautiful sex experience with judy alvarez and you're like oh my god (laughs) right yeah she's open she's suddenly you know wants to experiment (laughs) she's maybe yeah you know she's just trying things out and you're a close friend that she trusts named joey yeah yeah, yeah. you remember the time we went scuba diving by your own old neighborhood (laughs) that was though i will say and like I remember playing that and being like, this is pretty incredible. And I'm like, like just how beautifully it's animated. And like the fact that it's like first person perspective and like, but you still feel like you're moving and you're like part of things. You're not just like watching the, I don't know. It was really, really good. I have to say, yeah. you know, like credit where credit's due. I haven't 
experience the Pan Am one, but I bet it's just as amazing, you know, in that way. It was it was really good, yeah. I do think that there's a little bit, one of the articles that I read, I can't remember which one to credit <clears throat> it, but it was talking about how the problem with modern games and sex is the unca- Uncanny Valley problem, where games haven't figured out how to make sex scenes look realistic, and so you watch it, and it's not exactly, like, erotic. I think that was their point, was that games haven't figured out how to be actually exciting sexually it's it's still some version of like the awkward pixels because even though the character models look very realistic now most of the time the way like they they pointed to the mass effect scenes where it doesn't look like two people having sex it looks like weird models kind of moving together and i want to say well motion capture has become such a big thing but i'm like you're acting you're are you really going to ask actors to Dude, I mean, maybe. Hey, they, maybe, they do that all think... the time in film, though, right? <laughs> they simulate sex all the time. That's very true, but I just feel like, you know, right now, the mocap industry in video games is kind of this up-and-coming thing, and so actors are not used to being asked that, and so I kind of wonder if they'd have more of an objection. Um, I wouldn't want them to be placed in that uncomfortable situation of, well, I feel like I have to do it or, you know what I mean? So as long as it's remains professional and healthy and everyone's doing it willingly and not pressured into it, I, that would be, that would actually be one way to fix that uncanny Valley problem. Um, but who knows, who knows if we'll get any of that. Maybe we have already, maybe there are certain games that, that do that. No, but. I'm, I would be shocked if there wasn't no cap used for cyberpunk. Like it, it's, it seriously looks really good. Like I, from what I remember, I was like, holy shit, like this looks like really good. Like the yeah. animation and just the, again, the visual fidelity, we're getting to a point where it's like, you're seeing pores stretching on characters skin. You know, you're like, Jesus Christ, you know, like this is ridiculous. <laughs> like I felt that way. Like what, like playing the last of us, part two where i was like wow you know just like this little animation of like um adding attachments to my gun i'm seeing the most detailed you know carefully animated you know things ever as you say just like picking up pills off the ground (laughs) they thought they're like how would you animate a body or how would like you do mocap work or whatever for like someone picking up pills individually or in a clump you know (laughs) right that yeah that was one of weirdly enough one of the most impressive things about that game to me there's a lot a lot to like about that game a lot of impressive stuff but the thought that went into those mo those tiny motor functions like you said where what if your hand is in this direction and you go to pick up one pill what if it's in this direction what if you're reaching across what if you pick up one pill with your left hand you're going to reach for something else with your right because you're clicking the button it's so it's 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 amazing but yeah what if they put that thought into a sex game because like sex mini games are silly like the god of war one or heavy rain it's a it's quick time prompts yeah (laughs) that sex scene which is very weird and kind of silly i guess Um, everything is a quick time prompt say hi to your son xxxx (laughs) jungle um what is the call of duty one was it like press f for respects yeah, for respect yeah. or something. Yeah, pecs X to pay respects. Right? Ah. And you're like, oh God, here well, we go. Okay. Yeah. Just why 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 make it if that's what it's gonna be, why why not just make it a cutscene? You know, like, right. Exactly. So yeah, like I you know, a lot of times sex mini games are are very silly, but what if there was like that level of detail and character movement and you know, you you are in charge of that. I think it could be 
um, could lead to some actually pretty cool sex scenes in games. Yeah. But, but I, again, I don't feel like we're ready for it. You know, if, if, you know, developers and audience, you know, I think the developers, we've seen just as many or more misses with regards to sex in games than we have like hits. Yeah. And so do, are they ready to make a sophisticated adult mature sex scene and our audience is ready to consume it and not be judgmental and be like, ah, oh, there's a sex scene, that pervy sex scene, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, cause I think we're in a tough place, right? Where like the indie studios that are, and will continue to make those kinds of games don't have the resources or technical capabilities of like right. bigger, like Naughty Dog, right? Like Naughty Dog could set out to do something like that, but they have to deal with ESRB, <laughs> which is a problem. Their budget is gigantic. And so like, when they're making a game, they're thinking like, you know, we want to do our own thing. We want to make games that are our own, are edgy, are pushing the envelope. But we also want to sell, yeah, as they say, with The Last of Us 2, seemingly so divisive, horrible, sold 10 million copies, you know, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. So, like, they, they, they do care about, like, what kinds of experiences will alienate audiences. Now, whether that will be true or not, you know, is unknown, but like, as you say, there's such a stigma attached to that kind of game, you know? Well, and then thinking about too, you, with Naughty Dog is another example. They're partners with Sony, right? And like, as we've seen, Sony has had a, a interesting history with embracing or not embracing this kind of stuff. And like, there is sex in like The Last of Us Part Two, for example, but like, it's within the frame of this kind of like art house cinematic experience. And if, if there is like an explicit, a game explicitly and mechanically built around sex, will that, you know, work in the same way for them as, as a last of us kind of experience? I don't know. You know, like, it, so it's just, it's challenging. Cause it's like the, the resources to make such a thing happen exist, but with those resources come all these, these complications, which is just frustrating. <laughs> and in a weird way, I'd never, I hadn't really thought about this, but, Unreal Engine 5 excites me because from what I hear, don't know how much of this is true, it's so much more accessible and easier for smaller teams to make amazing looking games, more complex games, big open world games. And so if it's affordable, I hope that smaller teams are able to use that to make games like that. Because like you said, we see a lot of really cool indie games that's depicting sex of the non-heteronormative variety that we see in AAA games all the time, but it's, they have to stylize it or it's like, um, the visuals are, I don't want to say amateurish, but again, it's not 3d high quality fidelity. You feel the budget when you look at it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so it would be cool to have teams like that with the power to make, because I think about even something like Dead or Alive, those Dead or Alive volleyball games. I like those games in part. This is going to sound like one of those I read it for the article things, but I do like the gameplay of those games. I like yeah. collecting things. I like unlocking things. And I do think that the character models are very beautiful, but they're almost all the same. It's almost all the same. Like, oh, her boobs are slightly bigger than hers. Like, they're almost all the same body types. And so. I don't get as much and and it's unrealistic proportions and 
that's unrealistic physics. You know, they talk about all oh, the boob physics right. and stuff like that. <laughs> I remember that. But it's like, yeah, it was. They made a big it's a deal. Whole discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, right. Who's the guy who develops in these? two different ways? <laughs> they like interviewed him about eight billion times about boob physics and dead or alive. He wears, oh, I don't remember. He wears like sunglasses. He's like a he's like a very like charismatic guy, but I can't remember who he is. I think yeah, he's often described as like a rock star. Yeah, he wore, like, exactly. A leather jacket. Yeah. But, um, but like, that's, again, I don't mind that. Like, that is fine. I do think that some of the characters are attractive, but, like, the variety is so slim. Why can't you have a game like that, even if it is exploitative, that's showing a bunch of different types of body types and, you know, everything, like ethnicities, because, of course, it's pretty homogeneic. Like, there's... It's mostly Japanese characters, but there's like, oh, there's the American character. There's, is there, I don't even know if there is a black character in that game now that I think about it. But like diversity, you know, (laughs) I want to see more types of bodies in these games because again, as much as it's like, oh, look at those boobs. That's nice. It's just a whole roster of that thing. Like I want to see variety. And I think again, even just in terms of sexuality and sexual imagery, that's what I want to see more of. We've been seeing the same thing in media in general, but especially in video games for what, like, even if we go back to some of those early sex games, we're seeing women and we're seeing women who look like a very specific type of woman from the very beginning. So give me more variety too in these sex games, these hopeful indie game with a big budget sex games that we're talking about. (laughs) For sure. By the way, his name, and you might have to help me with it, is it Kenji something? Tomonobu Itagaki? Itagaki. Uh, Itagaki, yeah. But he's the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a picture of him right now. Um, yeah. Long, like long flowing hair and like sunglasses. And he's like giving a <laughs> thumbs up. Here, I'll send. Oh, here, I'll send this to you somehow. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is Itagaki. Itagaki. That sounds right. Yeah, if this isn't the guy, holy shit, does he look exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly like the guy? Here, I'll send it to you over Messenger right now. Um, Yeah, here I sent it to you. The Wikipedia page. Oh, and good, they attached the image as well. (laughs) Yeah, that one hundred percent looks like him. Yep, that's so funny. I mean, you would, that's who, who you would expect to make <laughs> <laughs> the Dead or Alive yes. beach volleyball games. But I wanted, I do also want to touch on a game called Punchline that was out originally for the PlayStation Vita, but then they ported to PlayStation 4 and, I think, PC. Oh. And it's one of those games that, like, surprises me, and it ties into what some of those articles that I was mentioning talk about, which is, like, the evolution of Japanese erotic visual novels and how... I think if we talk about Western sex games in a very dismissive kind of judgy way, we really talk about Japanese games that way. And, but one of the things is that as one of the articles points out, a lot of the times the stories end up being really sophisticated. And I kind of felt that way with punchline punchline is a game that if I told you what it's about, you'd be like, Oh my God, it's about this guy who gets number one. It's a trope in Japanese um media but he, he gets blood no he gets um blood blood noses uh, he <laughs> gets like noses. a bloody nose <laughs> yeah when he sees panties 
Um, but in this twist, when he sees panties, if he if he sees it for too long, the world ends. The whole world blows up. So the game is filled with these situations where like a girl will fall or be like bending over and you as the player can't look at it for too long or the game ends and you have to start over. And so it's it's a funny kind of twist on that whole thing. And Japanese media is also filled with lots of things about panties and stuff like that. But the story is actually one of kind of identity and there's some transness in there because this character who you think is a boy the entire time is actually a, I can't remember how they describe it. I took some screenshots cause I thought I might use it for my dissertation. Um, a girl, a girl's spirit trapped in the body of a boy. And so the characters in the game too think they're like, Oh, this is a boy character or whatever. And then it's a whole body swap thing because it's, there was this event that happened where these three characters swapped spirits, basically. So it's the spirit of this girl. But Japanese games and media deal with transness sometimes in that way. And in fact, they talk about transness being the spirit of of one gender trapped in the body of another. And so it's like this weird tra- kind of trans story where this young trans man is trying to like fit in and play the role because once he's found out he doesn't change they don't treat him any differently they still treat him as a boy and that's how he wants to be treated and it's like weirdly kind of interesting and profound trapped in this fucking dumb game about looking at panties it's so interesting and it's not the only example there's plenty of examples in like manga and anime of these kind of deep storylines with like this seemingly silly or sexual or whatever kind of like trappings but but yeah I, I wanted to talk about that one briefly just because of that i thought that was super interesting but um we get a later game where like to save the world he just turns around and he's like robert england and uh <laughs> stranger things his <laughs> eyes are just <laughs> <laughs> i had to do it <laughs> my mom did not recognize him we talked about it recently what? Like she's the, like the most yeah. iconic like profile of a face Ugh. Wow. And he and and he's scratching on the yeah. table. And I'm like and uh, and in a scene almost right before that, they show the main villain um use his long claws yeah. and like wrap them around this and it's like I season just suddenly turning into Stranger Things season 4, but uh discussion, but man, I I'm such a huge fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And this, this season, is, season yes. is just fucking dripping with references. It's to built. That. It's built for Seems. you specifically. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely there's nods to like I and I, I, again I don't even know how many I'm catching, but I saw nods to Hellraiser. There's kind of a nod to Alien, I would say maybe a little bit in the design of the main villain. I've seen nods to Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, but Nightmare on Elm Street is like it's this is like the tribute to that to that yes. movie in this one. Super cool. But um, but yeah. Anything else about sex games, sex and games? No, just give us more of it. Um, because CD Projekt Red switched over to Unreal. Um, do you think we're gonna get like twice as many casual hookups for girl? Now yeah. that they'll be way easier <laughs> to animate and design. Yeah. <laughs> well, that you know, like with AI too, I can imagine a future where we have 
I wouldn't necessarily call them procedurally generated, but like spontaneous <laughs> sex scenes where it's not the same animations. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you have characters whose body language is dictated by AI as well. So every sex scene might be different depending on the things that you do. I think that would be super cool as well. Like, sorry, you were making kind of a joke, and no, I was like, oh, "Wait no, a minute, that's no, but then that makes me think of <laughs> you launch me into kind of a joke where it's like a version of No Man's Sky, where you're flying to a bunch of different planets and just having like new sexual encounters." <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, look at that character! <laughs> whoa, I, I think I could have sex with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go flirt with them and try to. <laughs> it's you just, just scan them for their erogenous. Zones. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> your Captain Kirk fantasy come to life. <laughs> Except it really is like No Man's Sky. So in Captain Kirk, they all happen to look like suspiciously human. Yes. Um, but no, in No Man's Sky, it's like that thing is like a giraffe. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, maybe, you know, maybe that's a little, that's, that's a little too much. Um, well now the, um, the, the very sort of phallic, um, penetrating imagery that Ron used to describe entering the atmosphere of a planet. Maybe that's intentional. <laughs> you know? Maybe No Man's Sky all along is like a very abstract, you know, sex game. <laughs> How many planets have you fucked? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! No, but um, it's, I think I don't know. I being being an optimist, I think there have been a lot of encouraging developments both in terms of like indie games and triple a games in recent years triple a games moving in maybe more slowly you know in a lot of ways but i don't know i think i think there's exciting things on the horizon and i i'm hopeful that uh we we can live in the future that where we're both sort of pining for in this episode And that Jack yeah. is dreading with every. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! She's like, you're not going to get the platinum in that, are you? <laughs> like, damn right I am. Damn right, throne break a two, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Right, like, how do you break that throne? Oh you know shit! Some interesting positions. It's either that um, or something to do with like pooping. <laughs> hey, which you could be part of it. I don't know. No. Hey, no, no, no shame. shaming here. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, but see, I think, like you said, I, I do think I also feel encouraged because although I, in my bubble, my like social media bubble with TikTok and Twitter and everything, of course, I'm seeing a lot more progressive stuff. People who are sex positive to some degree or another and who are pretty open-minded. I do still think that that's unfortunately quite the majority in, or the minority, sorry. Um, but I, I feel like it's spreading. I think especially with like the younger generation, I think younger people do seem to be more sex positive and aware of things like kink and how that shouldn't be something that's taboo or shameful. So, and they're going to be the ones making games in 10 or 20 years. So maybe Maybe it'll, we'll be too old for it by then, but like <laughs> maybe when they start making games, we'll be getting the kinds of games 
we won't be too old. You know what? We just talked about not shaming people. So. Yeah, no, and you can be sexy and sexual at any age. So I say, yeah. huzzah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> huzzah. absolutely. No, it'll be but great. I can, I can already feel people judging me, like in the old folks' home. Like, what are, what are you playing? <laughs> oh, whatever. We'll be we'll be roommates, Joey, and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't judge one another. And with the, the kind of VR, you know, that they're going to yes. have available there, you can be in any old folks' home you want. You know, like, we'll just... I mean, that's, you know, being a VR is a great example because I, you know, when, when it was Project Morpheus at the time, but what went on to be the, what do they call it now? Oculus, right? Um, was it Project Morpheus? I think it was called Project Morpheus, but it was, it was when it was just like a single, I think it was one or two dudes like who were making this VR headset. And they were starting to get funding for it. And it was starting to be like talked about. They were showing a lot of the software that people online were making for it. And a lot of it was sexual. And it was like, look at these naked bodies. You can like touch different parts and grab different parts. And I was like, man, this thing is going to, there's going to be so much porn on this and so many like porn games and stuff like that. But there's not really like, especially like when I bought the Oculus Go and like plugged it in and was looking at the store. It's so sanitized. It's so like they make these things and they're like, oh, this would be great for sex because it's like private and like, you know, not disturbing anyone. But then they're like, oh, but that's such a small audience. We want to market to everyone. So we have to like sanitize it and make it actually really hard to get those kinds of games. I'm sure if you had the PC because Oculus Go is a standalone headset. So I'm sure if you had some of the ones like the Quest and stuff that yeah. plug into your PC, you could probably access tons of games. I don't even know, maybe not tons of games, but ah, probably a lot. I don't know how good they are, but like you would think. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I, you know, it's one of those things where it's, yeah, VR seems tailor made for sexual games. And I don't think we're seeing as many. I mean, obviously in the more mainstream headsets, the PlayStation VR was, if I remember correctly, the most well sold, the, the mm. best selling VR headset. Good luck finding sex games on the PlayStation yeah. playing PSVR. So. I hope though is like they become higher quality, more manageable to use, and also more inexpensive. Like that'll hopefully yeah. change. And I think that future is coming. I don't think we're so far away from that. Yeah, I think so too. It is coming with C U M M I N G. <laughs> had to get one last, <laughs> one last sexual pun in there yeah, one, yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so that's you know like i said we will probably end up talking about it again in the future we i feel like we barely scratched the surface to your point before we started recording when i said well, maybe we'll make it short and you were like what we spent? What did you say? We spent four hours talking about <laughs> yeah, oh, the basic got got away. away, and we're gonna do for our sex and video games. The no holds bar. <laughs> we're what, what? We might not fill an hour. Yeah, like that's yeah. yeah. No, I think it's one of those things where it's like the um, vastness of it is almost like overwhelming. Like the uh, mm-hmm. like the sort of over overabundance or like paralysis of choice. Or I forget what that expression is, but it's kind of like that where there's like too much. So this is just like, I like this is our first, we're dipping our toes in, you know, it's like, this is our first orgy that we're going to, and Ron (laughs) is a seasoned pro, you know, he invited us, he exhausted himself quickly and is getting (laughs) snacks in the kitchen, and we're going to join him, but we'll be back, we'll be back to this 
conversational, you know, sex party, if you will, (laughs) in no time. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I haven't played a lot of the indie games that I have wanted to play. Um, cause there's just, there's so many games out to play in general, but I do want to play some of those. So maybe I'll report on some of those later. And I would like us to also sort of just treat sex like we've been talking about where it's not like we have to save it for episode 69. You know what I mean? I think it was just sort of a funny and appropriate episode to do it on. But I, and I think we've done this, like I I'm fine with talking about sex on episode 84 or whatever. Yeah. what episode it is. So. Well, and I think we, we do better with a tighter thesis than we, we had now. So like, cause it's, yeah. it's too much. What do you discover about sexuality is it's everywhere. It's in everything, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. We didn't really get to talk about like our experiences with exactly. it you know, a little bit. We didn't get to talk about like the sexualization of video game characters like Lara Croft or anything like that. Like, yeah, there's so much we could have talked about, but, yes. um, but we do appreciate you joining us for what we did talk about. Uh, thanks so much for listening. You can find us on social media. You can email us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any games about sex or anything like that that you want to recommend that we didn't talk about, there are a million out there. We don't need, we obviously we're not, again, we're not like video game sex historians, unfortunately. Um, but if there's anything that you think interesting, you want us to check us out, check out, uh, feel free to email us. You can find us on social media. Um, again, tabs not here, but you can find them on Twitter at random mocks. And I will post a link to their blog where you can check out some of their thoughts about previous games. Uh, in the show notes, you can find Ron on Twitter at Big Bad Ron and on Instagram at Not Big Bad Ron. You can find me on Twitter at Lost for Man. And thanks for listening. And we'll you know, if you're you. looking for a sexy game, you could do far worse than Thronebreaker. And while we introduce the show with this hypothetical phone sex line, if talking about Thronebreaker really turns you on, um, feel free <laughs> to send us an email. I will happily correspond with anybody who writes in. I love Thronebreaker. Um, it's so good. It gets me so hot and bothered. I, I love it. It's so great. <laughs> Check it out. Tell your friends about it. And, uh, yeah, no, call in, you know, honk if you're horny when it comes to Thronebreaker. <laughs> and we will, <laughs> yeah, we will definitely take you up on that offer in, in one way or another. We won't be getting you the $500 Tifa statue, but a more, <laughs> you know, cost-friendly, <laughs> you know, version of engaging with you about this great game that is so sexily good. You know, blow your mind. It's, it's fabulous. Um, yeah, no, check it out. It's absolutely great. Especially if your name's Taylor. That's right, Taylor. <laughs> You've had a break these past couple of weeks, but <laughs> you still haven't played it. So check it out. <laughs> Tab and I have talked about making t-shirts for the podcast, uh, which I think is a great idea. And we might too. And we should make ones now that say, uh, honk if you're horny <laughs> for throne breaker. <laughs> <laughs> and so few people would be like, what? <laughs> what? What the fuck? What the fuck? What does that mean? But that I hope that would then lead to a um, cursory Google search followed up by them going, "Oh my god, I love, I, yeah. I love this game. It's so great." You, you were right. Gets me super horny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I left but, my wife yeah. of twenty years because I started playing Thronebreaker. <laughs> I couldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Listen, listen, uh, and listen. If you, in all seriousness, this is the game that brings people together. Jacqueline and I have played this game together seriously many times and have had a great experience. 
So if you're looking for a marital aid, <laughs> Thrillbreaker is the, the path forward. <laughs> Forget about that uh, Koi game. Yeah. What was it? Oh, what was it? Sex. No. Oh, wait. Um, night Nightlife. Nightlife. Yeah. yeah, forget about nightlife. Yeah, have you been? Yeah, I know you were on your way out the door to, to pick up a copy of that. <laughs> if you haven't updated your video game marital aid since 1982, <laughs> um, I'll tell you, there's a great 20, 2018 <laughs> entry that might that might be just the thing. <laughs> but yeah, so so check out that marital aid. Um, <laughs> next week we're talking about our favorite weapons in video games. So. Something we've had some some time to think about. So so tune in then. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you later. Bye. Bye.